0: Captain's dog, Snoop?
1: <laughs>
0: I'm Captain
2: Britain, And I'm Grobbler Pat. These are the voyages of the Starship USS Coca-Cola Freestyle, our ongoing mission.
0: To explore new Trek episodes. To seek out old Trek, both cringe and based. And to boldly go Where we torture, torture. Grappler Zorn, Zorn. Soy so The Podcast is here is One half, half vegan One half queer 100% communist, communist. Unless, Unless we have a leftist left left guest. guest Patrick, Patrick and, and Britain, Britain. <laughs> Talking, joking And shitting (laughs) all of that, Like our bubbles, the show's a wreck. Soy Trek, the podcast is here. So, listen to to Soy Trek Trek right in your ears. Right in your ears. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) welcome to the bridge. This is Soy Trek, the podcast where two Trekkies ask themselves. This is the premiere. Yeah, it was a series premiere. Yeah, series premiere. Yeah, pretty dense stuff. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So uh, <laughs> today we will be talking about the series premiere of one Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> The Crusher and the boy talking about Next Generation and Geordi R Q talking about Next Generation. All conclude Pulaski too talking about Next Generation. Old generations now. All right, we uh, we watched this week Star Trek: The Next Generation Encounter at Farpoint, mm-hmm. the first episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. This one was released on September twenty eighth, nineteen eighty seven, meaning that it recently uh, hit its thirty fifth birthday, which is pretty cool. Just, hmm. a, just a month and a half ago. Happy birthday! Yeah, happy birthday! Happy thirty fifth, Star Trek. Yeah. We love you. Uh, written this one was written by D.C. Fontana, uh, iconic uh, writer for TOS, who wrote I think like almost one eighth of all the episodes of TOS. Wow, which is crazy. Uh, one episode of the animated series, so one twenty-second of that, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, five five episodes of TNG. Although oddly, like she didn't really stick around after this episode. Like all of the scripts that got put into production in the first season were scripts that were like already in production that mm. she was writing with other people.
2: And were they the ones that were heavily rewritten by um, Gene Roddenberry's
0: lawyer? Uh, perhaps, yeah. uh, but I mean, they also had other accredited writers that mm. weren't him on there, but, um, this, this episode specifically is like rotten, a lot of like controversy and stuff like that for a lot of different reasons. And yeah. like, I mean, if you really want to get into it, I recommend you go look at the memory alpha of the page, but like there was a lot of conflict between Paramount and Gene Roddenberry first and foremost, mm. uh, Gene Roddenberry said, uh, we're gonna make the the premiere episode. It's just gonna be like a regular episode, like mm. you know, forty five minutes long. Well, yeah. like like an episode, and and Paramount first was like, we want a two hour episode, two hour continuous, and then later we'll cut it up into one hour segments. Mm. And Gene Roddenberry is like, I don't want to do that, but if I have to, can we at least like make it just an hour and a half? Yes. And the entire time, like DC Fontana has written out a script and then. Fucking Roddenberry's like, okay, make it twice the length, uh, make it two and a half times the length. And then he draws it back. And like him in the studio kept on going back and forth and couldn't figure out anything. And fucking through DC Fontana through the ringer on this one. Like she had to update the script and rewrite it over and over and over. And then mm-hmm. finally, when they thought it was complete, Roddenberry uh, went back in and uh, DC Fontana basically was like, okay, so. I'm just gonna submit the fucking 45 minute script because I have no fucking idea what you want. Yes. And Roddenberry uh, then got the directive to make it n- 90 minutes, and that was the final result from from Paramount. So he's like, okay, so I'll make this 90 minutes. So what he did is he took DC Fontana's story and shoehorned in a bunch of very long extra scenes mm-hmm. and like long shots and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole Q story. Mm. Um. But the the whole thing. Uh, you know, on on the planet with far point and everything here. That's all DC Fontana, and honestly, that's the good part of the episode. Yeah,
2: it's it like, is. It is funny because after they, I think, right in, from the beginning, they're like, "We're headed to Point Station." Yeah, and like, and then it takes about forty five minutes to get there. Right.
0: <laughs> it's it's pretty ridiculous, but yeah. but that's the thing is like they needed to fill this out, and because mm-hmm. of that, it feels I don't know disjointed. Like yeah. it definitely feels like two separate stories that they put in a through line to that doesn't work in a way it sh- sh- they wanted it to. I don't think. Yeah.
2: They entered they on top of like what essentially like Farpoint, that's a good, like, you know, sci-fi mystery type plot. Yeah, exactly. And then like, and then, but then including like, including Q mm-hmm. on top of that, it just makes it seem very odd. There's too many concepts. Right.
0: Well, that's the problem is it's a good mystery. Yeah. But it takes a mystery, and Gene Roddenberry's like, no, no, now it's a test. Yeah, and it doesn't make as much sense. to test. No, at all. It doesn't. Yeah. And so, but we'll 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 get into that. So, uh, this one was written by DC Fontana and also Gene Roddenberry. Who then, after the episode was finished, even though DC Fontana, by all accounts, wrote half the story, uh, fucking Gene Roddenberry with the Writers Guild of America. Uh, tried to get her removed from credits and make him the only person who was credited at writing the episode.
2: Pretty fucked dude. Which is
0: why DC Fontana eventually left Star Trek altogether, which sucks because DC Fontana was one of the best writers mm-hmm. in the original series. And she could have carried over what I think a lot of people complain about, which is like, Oh, I got too far from Gene's vision, yeah. which like she was the one person like keeping Jean's vision uh, while also doing good writing. Yes. Because, like, you all especially see, like, by the end of fucking Star Trek Season 3, is TOS is, like, kind of a fucking mess.
2: This is interesting. You try to get his, her writing credits off, because that's, like, that's what, like, the writers' union, screenwriters' union stuff protects.
0: Oh, and that's that's a thing. And so, eventually, uh, DC Fontana uh, went and took it to the writers' union. It was like, he's trying to fucking rip me off here. Mm-hmm. And they eventually sided with DC Fontana. Hells, yeah. And, and made him include it on there. But there was, like the damage couldn't be repaired because DC Fontana didn't trust Roddenberry no, because was, Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because he's a piece of shit. He's yeah. not trustable. Right? Yeah. And like, it's, it's funny to me when people are like, Oh, that's against Gene's vision and shit like that. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Like, yeah, he create he started a franchise that ended up being really cool. And like, yeah, for the sixties, some of the stuff he thought was pretty woke, but he was still a misogynist piece of shit. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, I mean
2: he's, he he, he like, code of honor was his idea. Wasn't it like, I believe so. Sons yes. Sons yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. If you're not familiar, that's, that's episode three of fucking, of TNG. And it is, it's the racist episode. Yeah. The racist episode It is something else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, we open with a, um, and actually, so we open on the theme and I want to talk about the theme. Cause I actually didn't remember like the original, original theme. Cause mm-hmm. I think they changed it around season three or four mm-hmm. and make it a little different. And I think they actually make it more like the, uh, Star Trek, the motion picture theme, mm-hmm. like later. It's, yeah. it's a lot more like percussive and like mm-hmm. kind of triumphant. Whereas this theme, um, I want to say Alex courage was the second guy they brought in to like punch up the theme and make it unique. Mm-hmm. And he just adds the craziest violins. It's yeah. so weird. Like the song goes like, bum, 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 <laughs> bum. and then the violins go. And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm watching it there and I'm like, is is the fucking treble just turned way too high on my fucking shit. And I go and look at it. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. It's yeah. just like, those are just fucking ridiculous violins. Yeah. And uh, so whatever, like I, I, I definitely prefer the second theme and actually more than anything. Jerry Goldsmith's original, the motion picture theme mm-hmm. goes so hard. They didn't need to change it at all. No, they, sh- they didn't need to. I'm fine that they did, but it's like, they didn't need to change that. Jerry, no. Jerry Goldsmith made a perfect song on the first try. Yeah. They didn't need to do anything to it. No, no. It was so good.
2: I think it's what they realized. They're like, okay, yeah, just bring that back. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just the best Star Trek song mm-hmm. unequivocally. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's instantly possible. recognizable. Uh-huh.
2: Like, you know, I mean, I mean, there's other ones that are actually recognizable. Yeah. Now, TNG, I think, is the most.
0: Yeah, like I, I like the intro for DS9 the most because I think it's the most beautiful and it brings back the best feelings of nostalgia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the song isn't quite as good. Yeah, it's a good song though. Yeah, like, really I, I love the. T- I mean, I love the DS9 theme. I love the Voyager theme. Mm-hmm. But what I really love, it's been a long <laughs> road. Obviously, the best song from there to here.
1: Yeah, man, man.
0: Uh, yeah, so we open on a Captain's Log. Captain's Log, Stardate 41153.7. Our destination is planet Deneb 4, beyond which lies the great unexplored mass of the galaxy. My orders are to examine Farpoint, a starbase built there by the inhabitants of that world. Meanwhile, I'm becoming better acquainted with my new command, this galaxy-class USS Enterprise. I'm still somewhat in awe of its size and complexity. As for my crew, we are short in several key positions, most notably a first officer, but I'm informed that a highly experienced man, one Commander William Riker, will be waiting to join the ship at our Deneb IV destination. The year is 2364. Captain Jean-Luc Picard, has assumed command of a new starship, the Galaxy-class USS Enterprise-D, the fifth Federation starship to bear the name Enterprise. Mm-hmm. The vessel is about to embark on its first mission to Deneb 4, which lies beyond the great unexplored mass of the galaxy. Picard, in his log, notes that he's impressed with the size and complexity of the ship as he walks through the Enterprise, surveying the engineering, then finally he enters the bridge, manned by tactical at- officer Lieutenant uh, Natasha Yar, Lieutenant Worf, Counselor Deanna Troi, and Lieutenant Commander Data. Picard continues with his log, in which he reports that the ship is en route to Farpoint Station. The ship is short in some of their positions, but they're picking up William Riker. Sorry, I I copied the thing after I wrote notes on it. (laughs) 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 Uh, I just kept both in. And I'm like, no, there's no other information there. So Picard uh, sits in his captain's chair and makes an offhand comment on how Starfleet wants the crew of the Enterprise to snoop around Farpoint Station, to which Data makes an inquiry into the definition of the word Snoop. Snoop doggy dog. Right? Uh, so Picard wonders how Data, a complex android with encyclopedic knowledge, does not know the meaning of a basic word like Snoop. Uh, Data responds that it is a possibility that he was not designed to emulate that type of behavior. Which is like, that. even, even if that's true, like he should know the definition of a basic word.
2: Yeah, that's odd, and especially considering that he has been like you know around humans for quite some time. You know, mm-hmm. obviously going through um, through Starfleet Academy. Right. It's like no one ever used any sort of like word like that around you. Like no. But you know, it's like we have to introduce like you know. No
0: one talked to him. They didn't like it. They're like, don't talk <laughs> yeah. to a robot. He like literally remembers everything you say. Don't talk to him.
2: Yeah, like it's what was real. what was like? Don't they have sort of like a. Um, like a, I feel like a college like atmosphere. Like, yeah, did he stay I'm in dorms with them? Like, what did he just like? What like that, that? Like, did he just like stand still all the time? Like when they, you know, when they went go to sleep, was he just standing there? No, because
0: he is like definitely more awkward in this episode than he is in the entirety of the series. So yeah, he's still obviously adjusting, and he we don't know exactly when everyone took their command on the ship because they never really mentioned it except for obviously. Picard's brand new. Riker's brand new. Crusher's brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone else has probably been on here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. But, um, so Picard responds to Data and he says, to spy, to sneak. And Data responds, ah, to see covertly, to go stealthily, to slink, slither, creep, slunk, pussyfoot, gum. Sh-. Picard says, yes. And then Data shut says, shut the fuck up. Shoo. Uh, suddenly, Counselor Troy senses a powerful mind. The ship then goes to red alert with the familiar alert sound blaring. Then con officer Lieutenant Torres reports there's something reading as strange on his detector circuit. And I want to uh kind of make a point. Um everything is still set up like in the exact same way basically here that uh, it was on TOS. Like mm-hmm. all the stations, like uh in front of the captain, uh in to the captain's left you had the con and to his right you had navigation, which yes. is exactly how it was on TOS, which mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just this episode or just the first season, but at least by the second season, everything is completely switched. And uh, now the con station is ops, which uh, data usually has. And that's mm-hmm. more like sensor arrays. Um, it's basically like uh, like ship power levels, managing those, as well as like checking sensors as like the science officer used to do. Yeah. Uh, and then con and... Um, navigation are now just one console, mm-hmm. and then that's like Wesley Crusher and whatever is usually that. So. Yeah, because um, I mean,
2: really, like navigation, it's just like all right, hit the button. It is literally <laughs> you, you you
0: put in the numbers that the captain tells you to, yeah, like, and you hit enter. That's yes. like your job. And so like, <laughs> literally, anyone can do con navigation at this point. It's made pretty clear, and that they like you know usually like an ensign or the crew member is doing it.
2: Like, even Wesley,
0: even Wesley Crusher. <laughs> So, um, a large field begins to appear in front of the enterprise, uh, which reads as solid. Um, and this thing looks like dog shit. It is like such bad CGI and thank God they haven't fixed it or updated it at all since
2: 1987.
0: Yeah. I mean, it
2: was pretty bad, but it's 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 pretty bad,
0: bad. but I like that they didn't try to retcon their shit. Like fucking George Lucas did and like, be like, no, 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 no. It wasn't like that. It's yeah.
2: I will say the ship looks really good at this point. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. cuz they're
0: still using models and stuff.
2: Yeah, I also like like when it does follow the ship when it when it when when it turns away and like mm-hmm. I like I like the tracking like foot shot of of the of it following uh the inter, of uh the enterprise and stuff
0: like I felt, sure. like that sure. stuff, yeah. So, um Picard yells for Yar to turn off that damn noise and it goes to yellow alert. Picard orders Helm to take the ship uh to make the ship come to a full stop. Soon after controls read full stop, a white light shines on the bridge and a humanoid emerges dressed from perhaps 16th century Europe <laughs> medieval
2: times. Picard, and, not, and not the, and not the, the eating experience. Oh um, yeah. The
0: eating experience with, I think like eight, eight locations nationwide. Yeah. Yeah. I've been meaning to go to that cause I think they reopened the one down in California, like near Knott's Berry farm. Mm. They not only have a medieval times restaurant, Hmm. They have a a pirate themed restaurant as well oh there's a pirate show every night
2: and there's also uh one in Dollywood which is uh, uh, where where you ch- either choose um the uh the north or the south in the Civil War
0: <laughs> really
2: yeah'm not ju- I'm not fucking with you yeah
0: well I don't like that <laughs> yeah. I don't like that one bit. I don't like that they give you an option.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, I they guess should
0: make everyone Southerner. And,
2: <laughs> and I guess like yeah, that's a thing. like everyone does choose the South.
0: It'd be so funny if like they, they chose the South. And they're like, all right, well, this is dinner theater. Uh, Sherman's March to the sea, <laughs> and then like some guy just comes in and like sets their table on fire and kicks it over and keeps on walking. Uh,
2: yeah, what's it called that, Civil War show? Let's that's, see. that's incredible. That's that's really something else. Yeah, it's called it's called Dixie Stampede.
0: In in the words of um in the words of Axl Rose, I
2: don't want your civil war. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, oh wait, did Dixie Stampede close? Please, hopefully. Oh wait, no, that's an old old story. Dixie Normous.
0: Dixie Normous. <laughs> Um, so a soon after, uh, so Picard asks the being dressed like they're from a fucking medieval fair to identify themselves. The being notes that he is called Q and walks around the bridge while Taurus discreetly takes a hand phaser out from the bottom of his console. Q, however, senses this and freezes Taurus solid before he can fire. Q after showing this ability warns the crew of the Enterprise in very verbose Shakespearean shit to go back to Earth, or they shall most certainly die. Mm. Captain's log, supplemente. The frozen form of Lieutenant Taurus has been rushed to sickbay. The question now is the incredible power of the Q-Beam. Do we dare oppose it? Later, Q changes into many costumes of Earth's different era including a late 20th century in the guise of a United States Marine Corps captain or something like Patton-like. hmm And he says, uh, like in a very Patton kind of way, like a, uh, a who,
1: who, played fucking Patton? Uh, George C. Scott. George C. Scott. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, very, very George C. Scott, like yeah. person, but, but hammy. Yes. Like if, If George C. Scott was gay camp, (laughs) like that's exactly like, yeah. What, what Q is doing here. And it's, it's great. Like John, John Delaney queers up Q and I love it. Oh yeah. Like he makes, he makes almost similar decisions to like Andy Robinson does with Garrick. Yeah. He just is like, yeah. But what if we made him just like 20% more of a fabulous bitch?
2: Yeah. You don't know if he's going to kill Picard or fuck Picard.
0: Well, he wants—he definitely wants to just suck Picard's dick. <laughs> yeah. That's the entire conflict of of basically Picard season two is Q just really wants to suck Picard's dick before he dies,
2: and that's what's dangerous about a character about uh, being like Q. Like he could do it and then erase your memory that he did.
0: And yeah, he's definitely sucked Picard's dick. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're yeah. right. He's sucked Picard's dick like every night for the past like decade. Yeah,
2: every yeah, and, yeah. He, and like Picard wakes up with no memory of it.
0: Yeah, he's like, God, <laughs> my my balls feel awfully light this morning. My God, I, did I have a nocturnal
2: emission? <laughs> no, no. As always, the sheets are bone dry. <laughs> <laughs> So Q... But my dick is strangely moist.
0: <laughs> Why does my dick smell like Q? <laughs> uh, Q then changes again, thinking Picard and his crew will be able to identify with this next period he embodies. Um, oh, I'm sorry. i, I got to go back here real quick. So uh, as he's the, the, the gay patent, he says, actually, the issue at stake is patriotism. We must return to your world and put an end to the commies. All it takes is a few good men, which was really funny. Yeah. Uh, and then Picard tells Q that that kind of nonsense is centuries behind them. Yeah. So so if you're watching Star Trek and you like think it's like anti-communist in any way, that nonsense is centuries behind them. Yes. Picard <laughs> says it on the first fucking episode. Uh, Not even
2: like 20 minutes in.
0: No, no. Uh, Q brings up that Picard cannot deny that humans are a dangerous, savage child race, which Picard denies, saying there's no way we're a child race. Neelix doesn't want to fuck all of us. (laughs) Uh, Picard denies it, saying that humans have made rapid progress in only a few centuries. Uh, Q then changes once again, thinking Picard and his crew will be able to identify with the next period he embodies that of a soldier in the late 21st century where Q notes that humans learn to control their militaries through drugs. Yeah. Uh, the other officers not amused with Q's behavior attempt to make him leave, including Yar and Worf, both of whom want to get violent with him. And Worf is like uh, permission to clean the bridge which is, <laughs> is funny. Um, Worf is so reactionary on this episode. It's yeah. amazing. Like he is, he's, he's, he's dying for a fight. He is. He is like horny for a fight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like if you like touched his dick with a bat left, he would just come all over his pants.
2: Captain, both dicks are fully engorged.
0: Oh yeah. his two dicks. Sorry. He's come both of his dicks. Um, so, uh, Q keeps on heaping disapproval on the humans, noting that when they finally reached deep space, they found enemies to fight out there as well, which Q says is the same old story all over again. Picard says that Q is the same old story they have been seeing. Self-righteous beings who prosecute and judge for things they can't understand nor tolerate. Mm. Q notes that prosecute and judge is an interesting concept and asks, suppose it turns out we understand you humans all too well. Picard says he does not fear the facts. And Q says... Facts don't care about your
1: feelings.
0: (laughs) I stole that joke from you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Q seems to take this as a suggestion. Uh, He then says that there were preparations to make. Preparation H. (laughs) Damn it. I just just thought that. Because this hole is burning, baby. (laughs) I'm burning. I'm burning. I'm burning for you. Uh, But notes that he will be back and will proceed the way Picard suggests, which is him being like, Maybe you should dom me next time. Yeah. Maybe you should just, you know...
2: But Mon Capitan, I already have. (laughs) I just erased your memory.
0: (laughs) Have you ever watched Men in Black, Mon (laughs) Capitan?
2: Well, last night we had Men in Back. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Last night we had Men in these purple DSLs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Picard who gets many suggestions from his senior staff orders that no stations on the ship will be, will make audio transmissions only print out in an attempt to catch Q off guard. So, so, um, I have a lot of questions here. Yeah. Only print out. How do we ever even see a printer?
2: I don't even think we ever see a piece of paper besides like their books. Right. So what are they printing
0: out on? I I need to understand like what they have here that is somehow a printout that is like not digitally connected in any way. Because what they're, what they're assuming here is like, basically they're like, let's not get computers involved. And so what are they like even typing this out on? Is there like a typewriter somewhere on the ship and like Mm. a fucking like. Some kind of copier, like an old Xerox machine. How can they oh, yeah, possibly be a Xerox do this? Machine. How yeah. could they possibly do this on a closed circuit system? Is my question.
2: What year? What year were Xeroxes
0: made? Fucking seventies. Oh,
2: okay. So I guess like that does seem like a piece of future technology, like the the world of tomorrow. And so they're just like, yeah, like yeah, like I don't know. What also wasn't they maybe saying that to just like um to. uh, To distract him in some way?
0: Maybe. Yeah. Um, So, Picard notes, let's see what this galaxy-class starship can do, and uh, then orders Worf to head down to engineering and have them prepare for maximum acceleration. Picard also asks Data if it is possible to perform a saucer separation at a high warp velocity. Data notes that the separation is inadvisable at any warp speed although it is theoretically possible, but there can be no margin for error.
2: It, it is interesting like how quickly he just decides to, do, to separate. Cause obviously this mm. is just an excuse to show off what. Right. But it, like, it's something that's like not even really used in the, in the entirety of Star Trek until like generations. I think
0: that's right. I think and yeah. it's like, it, yeah, it's something to show it off. But more than that, I think it's just padding for the episode because yeah. both the saucer separation and, and the saucer uh, coming back together um, are so like, long. they're like Star Trek the motion picture s- like length slogs. Yes. Of just like oh that that looks great, and then like two minutes later you're like it's still
2: happening. Yeah, doing a two thousand one space Odyssey type it's, thing.
0: It's a lot like sex with me. Yes. Yeah, it's like two minutes in, and you're like, really? Still? <laughs> Jesus Christ! When is this over? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, just coming me already. <laughs> Want to go home? Um, so, Worf returns from engineering, and it actually like shows a full scene of Worf going down to engineering, <laughs> yeah. talking to someone. Although it doesn't actually like have their dialogue at all, nope. it has it in the background, mm. and then it has him coming back up and reporting to the captain. It is literally like forty-five seconds to maybe a minute of useless scene.
2: Something that could have been achieved just by Worf hitting his communicator and being like
0: Or 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 Worf like stepping onto the bridge and being like, here's the report from engineering. Yeah. Like that's it. That's all. They don't they don't need to show it and it did nothing for anything except it made it longer. It increased the runtime.
2: Yeah, I'm wondering if it was just an excuse to like get get people familiar with the enterprise. I
0: guess but it's like But we already but he but he
2: passed through but. Picard had already passed through that. Yeah, in the set. beginning,
0: in the very so, beginning. So maybe yeah. they just
2: wanted to show off that set again. <laughs> like this no, is a no, no, reactor. No
0: matter why they did it, they didn't do it for a good enough reason to like make it work for the episode. No, no. So Worf returns from engineering with the report that the engine room is ready and takes his position at the helm. Picard orders engage, which is, I think, the first time he says engage in mm-hmm. the series, which is cool. And the ship turns away from Q's force field and warps away. The entire force field collapses into a ball and heads towards the Enterprise. Uh, They increase warp speed steadily going from 9.0 to 9.3, 9.4, 9.5, 9.6 is where they finally land. Yeah, reaching lizard levels. Indeed, and the object is uh, at high warp speed at uh, 9.6 at this point, and the Enterprise uh, tries to increase speed from there. However, the object increases even faster. Data notes that the Enterprise may be able to match the object's 9.8 warp that it's catching up with, but only at extreme risk. However, the object reaches warp 9.9, while the Enterprise is only in 9.5. Picard, seeing no other alternative, calls out the entire starship. Now hear this. Print out. Message. Urgent. All stations. All decks. Prepare for emergency saucer separation the bridge officers are shocked at this new order. Picard orders Worf to command the saucer section while Picard commands the battle section. Worf stands up to, uh, from his con in station and tells Picard, I'm a Klingon, sir, for me to seek escape while my captain goes into battle. And Picard cuts him off and bluntly overrules him and reminds him that he is a Starfleet officer first and a Klingon second. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty, I, I like this. Yeah. It's like, like Picard is a little too quick to anger in this episode, but he like is. he's new on the starship and he's like, you know, setting boundaries and stuff. So it's all right. I, I get it in the context of the story. He's just like, he comes off a little unlikable. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he does not have the charisma he has in the later series in this episode. No. And that's a big thing. Like when we're checking out, you know, something like I want a leading character to have a lot of charisma and he's just kind of like, a little curmudgeon-y, a little dickish in this episode.
2: And he's very closed off, mm-hmm. but it comes off a bit.
0: Yeah, although, you know, when it brings in Riker, it rectifies it a little bit. And mm-hmm. we love Riker. Riker's yeah. br- Riker's chill as fuck from the. Riker's get chill off. as fuck. Yeah, we love Riker. We love yeah. our we love our, our uh, sexy space boy. Mm-hmm. Good good man. So, uh Worf grudgingly agrees. Um then Picard, Yar, Troy, and Data take the bridge's emergency turbo lift to the battle bridge. Captain's log. Stardate 41153.7 preparing to detach saucer section so that families and the majority of the ship's company can seek relative safety while the vessel's star drive containing the battle bridge and main armaments will turn back and confront the mystery that is threatening us, which is actually a great idea. Very, very, very Picard idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like keep people out of danger. Yeah. But confront whatever's coming after. So the Enterprise's corridors are filled with crew members and families leaving the star drive section to the saucer section. Picard, Data, Yar, and Troy enter the battle bridge with Chief Miles O'Brien manning the con. Although at this point uh, it appears, because I, I don't think at this point they had actually figured out exactly how to do rank insignia for enlisted's, mm-hmm. um, and so he just has a single pip as though he's an ensign. Yeah, which is a little interesting.
2: Though does he, have, or is it just like the enlisted?
0: it looks like a regular ensign pip. Cause I mean, later the, the enlisted pips are those like wide things. Yeah. Uh, and I want to say, isn't the enlisted pip a hollow pip? And then the ensign one is filled in. Cause yes. this one is filled in.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's filled in. Yeah, it's okay, filled yeah, in. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I'm like, huh, that's weird. Uh, but then again, like it's some other point in the series. Uh, I think for one episode, he has fucking, uh, he has two pips, mm. which doesn't make any sense. No. So he's like a Lieutenant. And then, He's, he's never a lieutenant. Like, come no. on. No, he fucking, he dropped out of fucking cello school to go be a fucking Starfleet. Come on. Yeah, yeah. He's not, not, non-commissioned officer, NCO. Let's go. <laughs> um. Plus, he's like, he's way too working class to ever be a fucking. Yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't no, accept he, that. He, no, no, he's, he's there to agitate. He's a fucking salt.
2: He doesn't even have, uh, yeah, he doesn't even have, they don't even refer to him as name in this.
0: No, yeah. they don't. No, yeah. he's, he they only refer to him as Con. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, Irishman. If, yeah, that'd be great if they just like were like, oh, I guess he's Connor O'Brien. We've been calling him Con, <laughs> so <laughs> Con. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first, um, Picard orders that Yar fire photon torpedoes towards the object following them. Yar complies, and the torpedoes are away. Shortly after, Picard orders that the countdown to saucer separation begin. Data counts down, and the ship separates while at warp, while uh, they play a big bombastic version of the theme to the show, which is actually pretty cool until it's like a couple minutes long, and you're like, okay. yeah,
2: <laughs> That's right, let's, enough. Let's get this over with.
0: Yeah, and at that point, I'm like, I, I okay. I, Because I went in, and I'm like, I, I remember last time I watched Encounter at Farpoint was probably, I don't know, six years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, I remember liking it more than I had before. And then when I watched it this time, I was like, I remember actually kind of liking this. So I'm, I'm going in with like, uh, I'm, I'm going to be contrarian. Cause I think a lot of people believe that this, this episode's kind of a slog and there's a lot of faults with it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't think that's right. And then I watched it. And I'm like, Oh no, that's right. Yeah. That's uh, that's, right. That's, that's definitely correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, especially after knowing the whole DC Fontana, Gene Roddenberry rift there, mm-hmm. like I saw clearly all the faults and like, the the vast rift between their different ideas of star trek. Yes. And honestly how like DC Fontana's idea was cooler than than Roddenberry's. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean it, it it definitely could have been like two separate episodes rather than this weird Frankenstein monster it is. <laughs> Indeed.
0: Indeed. Um so the star drive section turns around and heads towards a confrontation with Q the star drive section arrives to see the torpedoes hit the object. However, it had no effect. The point being that the detonation of the torpedoes masks the getaway of the saucer section. Pretty, pretty smart. Yeah. Picard asks Troy to send out a message in all languages that they surrender. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Then the star drive section is soon encompassed by a sphere shaped force field that has been following them and a bright white light surrounds the battle bridge. Picard, Troy, data, and Yar are taken to a world war three style courtroom, uh, which they call like the post nuclear, like something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's obviously like a, a post nuclear dystopia type place. Like yeah. it's a courtroom where like one person's elaborately dressed. There's a ton of military people, like shocking people and stuff. And then like everyone in the gallery is obviously like a pauper. Yes. And so it's obviously like a highly stratified, fucked up post-nuclear society.
2: Yeah, like something yeah, I think it was like 2078, he said.
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, the late 21st century. Yeah, so right.
2: after after the Bell riots and mm-hmm. humanity still divided and after,
0: you know, World War Three, mm-hmm. all the all the con stuff, all that. So. Yeah. Eugenics wars. Hell yeah. So um uh Dede and Yar are taken to a World War III style courtroom, which Troy reveals that everything that is happening is real, even the soldiers with lethal weapons. Uh, the magistrate orders everyone in the courtroom to stand as the judge enters. The judge is revealed to be none other than Q, mm-hmm. who charges humanity uh, with being a grievously savage race, to which Yar is unable to control her anger and starts to berate Q saying that she comes from a world where a similar court was commonplace and that it took people like her uh, Starfleet comrades to save her from such atrocities, which is actually pretty true. It's a world we visit later. Um, And it sucks. (laughs) It sucks, but Tasha's sister is... Bang. yeah she
2: looks like uh, what's her face from? Um, looks like someone I want to book. looks like Sarah Sarah Connor
0: you're not wrong actually yeah it yeah. does look like that actress quite a bit
2: yeah and uh, you know what
0: I'd fuck Sarah Connor
2: absolutely hell yeah and yeah whatever happened to uh, that woman that played Tasha's sister I, wonder I don't know what she's been
0: in I didn't mm. get to fuck her unfortunately
2: no so. But guess what? She could still be alive. Yeah,
0: and that that pussy could still be <laughs> squirting and farting. It's gonna be squirting know. and
2: farting, or the cream, and yeah. cream team. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, Q then freezes Yar the exact same way he did Taurus. Outraged, Picard demands that Q uphold his promise that the prisoners would not be harmed, and thaw out Yar, which he does, much to the crowd's displeasure. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, like, that. oh, I want him dying. <laughs> Picard pleads not guilty to Q's charges. Q does not take kindly to this and has two soldiers aim their weapons at Data and Troy, ordering them to push the triggers if Picard says anything other than guilty, Ooh. which is fucked up. Like, yeah. uh, that's a sham trial, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, Picard forced into a tight spot and not one that he wants. Yeah. Like a, like a wet pussy. Like Crusher's wet pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Crusher's little dick. (laughs) Um, Forced into a tight spot, admits that there is indeed evidence to support the court's contention that humans have been savage. Michael Savage, that is. Therefore, he asks Q to test the crew of the Enterprise to see if this is presently true of humans. Q is fascinated by the idea and tells Picard that the Farpoint station will be an excellent site for this test. Picard, with his crew, are transported back to the Battle Bridge, where O'Brien has been the entire time. (laughs) O'Brien claims that he has heard that Farpoint is a rather dull place, but Picard hears that it might be rather interesting.
2: Sad that they didn't didn't think to include O'Brien. That's true. They're just like fuck you, this guy.
0: Fuck, he's con. He's, he's just, con. He's, 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 I mean, it. But he doesn't have a name yet. I do appreciate that. Like, I mean, he became like a fan favorite, and they took that to heart. And he had an increasingly larger and larger role in like every season. And then he he's a main star of DS Nine.
2: Thus, and also becomes the most important person in, in Starfleet Absolutely. history.
0: And in the most important person, I mean, he is one of my three our boys. Yeah. Our boys. He's, he's actually my top. Our boy, <laughs> like ROM's very close, but like, we just know so much more about, uh, O'Brien and O'Brien has suffered
2: more. And O'Brien is also a top.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, he definitely. A top. <laughs> he probably tops Raker. Oh yeah, he he tops whatever he wants. Yeah,
2: yeah. The right though, yeah, Thomas Riker is pretty rude to him in the one episode where you see them. Like, later, like
0: the in the morning, um, like the rest of the Irish, he's like top of the morning to you, and then he immediately starts <laughs> topping.
2: Yeah, starts top of fucking. the mu- top of the muffin to you. Uh, yeah, top of the bottom to you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean everyone has humble beginnings, even even O'Brien, mm-hmm. you know, just being like the nameless
0: con guy. I mean, he has humble beginnings, humble middles, and humble endings. Yes. He's a humble, humble man. Yeah. We we love we love O'Brien.
2: Yeah, he never really gets like that big even though like the episode where he you know he becomes a god for those mm-hmm. people on DS9, you know. And,
0: oh, yeah. He's still like reluctantly so. He's yeah. like, uh k K. <laughs> <laughs> no, if yeah. I must. Yeah, O'Brien rocks. We stan O'Brien a hundred percent. Yeah, O'Brien is one of the few people who I agree with almost every single one of his decisions oh, yeah. in, in every series. Like honestly, um even him doing a war crime. Yeah. O'Brien did a war crime, and most people don't think about it. But uh, if you'll remember on the episode um The Hippocratic Oath, mm-hmm. uh Bashir is trying to um like create uh, a way for the Jem'Hadar to like wean off of uh Ketrasil white and get mm-hmm. them unaddicted to Ketchcher cell white uh and o- uh, O'Brien is like uh no like they're f- focusing on that is gonna make it so he can't escape so he destroys all of the medical equipment that O'Brien's using or sorry Bashir is using mm-hmm. which is in fact a war crime yeah which I almost still agree with it though yeah. Because fuck the Jem'Hador. Yeah. Because like, in, in like his point too was like, like, it's not going to help, I mean, we can't escape if we do this. And also like, even if they're no longer dependent on the Ketracel White, what's to stop like the, the fucking founders from like finding something else that they can enslave them with? Yeah. And so, and that, that's a great point too. Because so, mm-hmm. like, yeah, doing that is not necessarily going to end the war or anything. So, I don't know. That was a great mortal quandary. Great episode of DS9 really. Highly yeah. recommend it. Uh, Really, most of the Jim Hadar episodes of DS Nine, exploring them, are pretty fucking good.
2: Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Like it, like the um, the baby Jim Hadar they find that episode. I do like that
0: episode a lot. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's fun. And yeah, how he like grows up in like a day or whatever.
2: He's like, (laughs) I want war. I want Ketrissel Light.
0: Yeah, right. That's a great episode. Yeah, I mean, fucking, we love DS Nine. What a great show. Yeah. So on Denim Four, we get to meet our sex boy, Mm. Commander William T Riker. He walks into Gropler Zorn's office. Riker has been dropped off by the USS Hood, the USS Clitoral Hood. <laughs> uh, so when people ask you where the Hood at, I don't know, it might be on Deneb Four. Yeah. Um, USS Hood for his new assignment. He talks with Zorn for a while, and Zorn asks him if he was like a piece of fruit off of his desk.
2: Did you like a piece of human Earth fruit?
0: Yeah. Uh, Riker is like, uh, if you have an apple, but and then. And then suddenly, after we cut back, a bowl of apples suddenly just materializes, but we don't see it. And Riker swears he that could not have been there two seconds ago. Zorn assures him that it's been there the whole time. Riker then leaves <laughs> eating the apple and saying it's delicious, but I know that's not true because it's a red delicious apple, and red delicious apples taste like dog shit. Mm. Like if a dog ate like just like fucking plain oats and shit it out. That's what a fucking, that's what a red delicious apple
2: is. Yeah. Just, yeah. It just tastes like a slightly moist paper.
0: Yeah. Fucking
2: <laughs> like it's like crunchy, l- crunchy paper that slightly has moisture to like,
0: it. Red delicious is the only apple with the word delicious in its name. And it is objectively the worst tasting apple.
2: Yeah. That's how uh, that's clear. False advertising. Right. Like they're they like, it's, it's also like obviously put there by the red delicious, um, uh, big big well, big red delicious. Big red
0: delicious, yeah.
2: Yeah, like they're Big, big Apple. Yeah, Big Apple. Like yeah. they're oh and, and not talking about New York City.
0: Oh, or or the fucking <laughs> the Silicon Valley company. Oh T- yeah. Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Oh
2: yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No 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 uh no no computers and phones coming oh, out of there. And not
0: not the Golden Globus film from what, nineteen eighty one, the musical, The Apple. Mm. Which I cannot recommend highly enough to anybody. It is the craziest fever dream of a musical, and it is hilarious. I've never even heard of it, dude. We gotta watch that <laughs> shit sometime. It is so crazy. Hell yeah! Like, uh, there's there's an entire song about doing methamphetamine called "Speed." Cool. Yeah, and like the chorus, like "Speed, speed, 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 speed." <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's, it's
2: crazy. Uh, that the, the obviously like the songwriter wrote that on speed. Uh-huh. He's just like, oh, right, got to write this
0: song about this speed, speed, speed. So, so it takes place in the year 1994 when basically, the yeah, the future of 1994, where it's a dystopia where like everything is controlled by this record company. And, uh, there's a, a song in there where like the course is like, uh, everything's entertainment in 1994. <laughs> It's wild cool so meanwhile at Farpoint station Riker meets up at Farpoint's mall they still have malls in this future
2: yeah well it's, it's, it's written in 1987 so they need a mall scene
0: right right and they actually say like oh I meant to go shopping and, oh I've been meaning to go to the mall So yeah. it's not just like a walking mall type place it's like an actual shopping mall
2: and they should have had like a singer there because that was big in the 80s like having like um performances like musical performances and, um, and malls like true. Like t- Tiffany. Yeah. yeah. Like Tiffany, like they could have had like a Tiffany stand in, like singing that
0: would rule. Dude. <laughs> yeah. So are like, yeah. Tiffany stand and sing like Klingon opera. <laughs> that would fucking rocked. So, so, um, meanwhile, Farpoint, uh, Riker meets up with Dr. Beverly Crusher and her son, Wesley, who is eagerly anticipating joining the enterprise. Riker asks Crusher if there is something useful they can do while they wait for the ship to arrive. And she's like, I don't know, let me see that dick. <laughs> oh, there's something we can do that's useful. All right. Wesley, go kill yourself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Mom. He just pulls, pulls a blade out of that bowie knife out of his pocket and slits his throat. He <laughs> <laughs> just t-
0: t- takes out his own uh, Klingon and just slowly inserts it into his mouth. <laughs> it's like, uh, Wesley do your mom a favor Kill yourself Mommy's got a fuck <laughs> yeah.
2: It's the last thing he sees Like his eyes, like his eyes As his eyes like fade away just
0: <laughs> So that that's how you could improve this episode Straight up
2: God We should We should, we should, uh, we should uh, Write Write notes And send them back in time Somehow
0: And then he's like Fucking Wesley's bleeding out there on the floor He's like I guess I should get something To Clean this up, and uh, fucking Picard is like, sounds like a
2: good idea. <laughs> it's like it just says the notes say kill Will Wheaton. They're like, oh well, like, clearly they mean his character. Then like another note appears, no, we don't.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like yeah, uh, writers' notes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Will, not not Will. Wesley. <laughs> we
2: were talking about Will Wheaton.
0: Um, so. Uh, For example, Riker tells Crusher about the apple incident at Zorn's office, which Dr. Crusher dismisses as Riker attempting to pull favor with the captain as she is shopping. She sees a purple bolt and says that gold would look great on it. Then five seconds later, a gold pattern appears on the fabric. Uh, Dr. Crusher later apologizes to Riker and that she looks forward to meeting Picard, which Riker wonders if she knows the captain. Wesley solemnly tells Riker that when he was a child, Picard bought his father's dead body back to them. Dr. Crusher notes that it was a long time ago and ends the conversation. He
2: brought it in, he brought it in his teeth and left it on their doorstep
0: like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just, he just dumped it. He just put it in their dumpster. Oh, he,
2: he thinks he's giving us a present. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like hopped into a tree and left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Riker tells Wesley that he'll see him on board, and it's kind of creepy to be honest. Like, yeah, Riker's good with kids, but this is almost a little too like bedroom eyes to a kid. Yeah, he, like he like stares at, at Wesley after telling him that. And I'm like, don't,
2: yeah, don't, I, ho- I
0: really hope he's staring at his mom. Yeah, like that would make sense because Crush would be banging,
2: but she do be banging, she do be banging. She does have weird bangs in, in this episode, though. She has though. T- bad
0: hair in this episode. Like, Very her hair bad is, hair. Her hair's, like, frizzy and bad. Like, yeah. Like, there's someone, he treated that hair way too fucking much, or chemical treated it. it, it like, it could use some goddamn argan oil or some like, coconut oil. Like, <laughs> yes. damn, girl. Like, fucking yeah. figure that shit out. I yeah. mean, it, her hair gets much better later in the series.
2: But, it does, yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. Like, her hair actually gets, like, beautiful later in the series. Yeah. At some points. Like, when it's curly and shit, that's shit's mm-hmm. banging, dude. So... <clears throat> Riker then meets up with blind Starfleet officer, Lieutenant Geordi LaForge. Uh, And he can't decide whether he hates him more for being blind or black. (laughs) Uh, Who makes an official report that the Enterprise has arrived. Well, first he's like, "Uh, sir, the Enterprise has arrived. And Riker's like, is this an official report, Lieutenant? Because he's like being a
2: dick. I've never seen them do like an official report in Starfleet.
0: Straight up. And I've never seen Riker be a dick. Yeah. Like to his crew, especially. Yeah. Like, Riker's only ever a dick w- to his crew when his, his mind is compromised. Like, when he turns into caveman,
2: right? Yeah, so. you you wouldn't, like, consider it like, you, you... I mean, he's been kind of a dick. You know, he's a dick to um, Ensign Rowe when... Yeah, when
0: she, well, that's... You know, he's negging her. Yeah. He's he's read the game, and he just wants to get in that bajorn pan.
2: I mean, he could be negging um, uh, Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: as I said, he's... <laughs> He's not into that flavor. He's not into chocolate.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he is. Wait
0: a second. Did Riker ever fuck a black girl?
2: I mean, uncertain. Or, or, I mean. Not on camera, at least.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think like all of his romances, and they're like predominantly like white or like white appearing ish. Yeah, like
2: aliens. Yeah.
0: They're obviously like white actors.
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm. This is something to look into. Mm. Is, is Riker's dick a racist? I hope not. I mean, it's definitely—I mean, not racist, but like eth- ethnic. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know even what they consider it. If if they even care about
2: needs to it needs to be rectified.
0: It does. It needs to be rectified That's <laughs> what it needs.
2: But yeah, like him saying like a like a official report. Like you can kind of excuse it for it maybe it being like the first time they're they're meeting. Mm-hmm. But you don't see him do that ever again with anybody else. No, it's super weird. Except for yeah, again,
0: I don't weird. like it. But at the same time, like this this. Episode a lot of it is kind of off putting, like yeah. especially personality wise. Because like, mm. also Picard is later kind of a dick to fucking Will Riker, which yeah. he never really is ever again. Yeah, everyone.
2: Yeah, everyone starts off being very shitty to one another in this. At sense. least the
0: people in positions of power. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure.
2: And it, yeah, and it's not like you know something that we've really grown to expect from Star Trek. You know, just no. like you know, it, it is you know, it is a utopia where people are working together and. Mm-hmm. And and every and, uh, yeah everyone instantly starts off being shitty like yeah, there's their first their first reaction is
0: shitty <laughs> don't like that nah, so, not so um, uh, after giving the report Riker taps his comm badge and is beamed up to the Enterprise once aboard the commander is greeted by Lieutenant Tasha Yar who escorts him to the battle bridge and she mm-hmm. is giving him bedroom like she wants to fuck. Yeah, she. I mean, and, and it never makes it clear, but Yarn Yarn Riker, fuck. Oh yeah, Yarn Riker, fuck. There is no doubt about that. I hope
2: so. Like that. No, I mean, no, I think- no,
0: no, 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 no. They <laughs> fucked. If you watched Tosh's death speech, they fucked like right before she fucking
2: Riker. You're, you're the, the best. best. At like fucking me in the ass. Yeah,
0: she she says that with with come on her breath. Yeah, like, <laughs> she, there is there is some sex in there. Yeah. I mean, and especially because she's like, and Data, you're fine. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you're, you, you exist. You're there.
2: Data's like, sir, I think I should be hurt. <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> sir, what does it feel to know you're not good at the dick down? <laughs> I wouldn't I f- know, Data. I, f- I fuck like a beast. I feel emasculated, <laughs> I think is <that's> the word. <laughs> you're not even a man. How can you be emasculated? <laughs> um.
2: But yeah. But yeah, it's something that could have been explored more in depth if, like, if uh, if Denise Crosby had stayed on the show.
0: Yeah, definitely. So Riker arrives on the bridge and is uh, not greeted warmly by Picard, who refuses to make eye contact and tells him to watch a video recording of Q. <laughs> uh, to be caught up on their current predicament. So of him
2: actually like Picard was actually getting back at, at Riker for being shitty to Geordi. He's like, I was moderating. Your, your communications. Oh yeah. <laughs> that,
0: that'd be awesome. Actually. How
2: do you like it? Motherfucker.
0: Oh yeah. And something I didn't mention is, uh, before this, um, when he was like giving his report, like Riker was told that like the saucer and, uh, battle bridge, set uh, uh sections were separated Mm -hmm. and so he's like oh something very interesting must have happened Oh yeah, and so he keeps on asking about it and uh like finally picard starts kind of telling him and shows him the fucking video
2: and that is weird like having like you don't really see that ever again like they you know like instead of being instead of just like talking telling Mm -hmm. them you know like and, and like like this is like They're actually like, just watch the damn video. And
0: I love, I love (laughs) that the video is literally just like literally the stuff that they shot for earlier in the episode. And it's like, it has like fucking Dutch angles of people falling to the floor and shit. I'm like,
2: there was a, there was, there was a direct,
0: why would they have a security camera there? That doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah.
2: And yeah, it's like in a and a and a security camera that can take direction and like and like was like I choose this angle and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, like <laughs> but
0: yeah, it's a multi cam like television setup. It, yeah, which I mean, I guess in the future they definitely could set up something like that, but like the yeah. placement of the cameras don't make sense unless they're specifically trying to make a television show it's out kind, of their travels.
2: It, it's kind of like when your uh, phone like decides to take a bunch of pictures that you have on your on your thing and mm-hmm. then make a slideshow about oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like
0: here's happy memories. Yeah, and it's just like fucking gape videos and you're like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get not not for some people, but for me, yeah. Oh, how would that video get in the food slideshow? <laughs> I guess I ate it at some point. So, <laughs> so um uh, Riker enters and Picard asks him to perform a manual docking of uh, so I'm sorry Picard leaves the bridge for the ready room and asks Riker to enter once he's done watching the recording in the recap mm-hmm. Riker enters and Picard asks him to perform a manual docking of his penis <laughs> and uh, Riker's like how did you know I wasn't circumcised <laughs> and uh, I saw your file <laughs> I saw your file and your XXX file <laughs>
2: And I'm not talking about the porn parody of the X-Files.
0: <laughs> Although I've also seen that.
2: Yes. We will view it later after you perform a manual docking. <laughs> or watch it while you are performing the manual docking.
0: No, no, you misunderstood. I wanted you to dock with my friend Emmanuel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's right over there and he's just like sitting in a, in a little chair. and He twirls around like, Hola! Hello! <laughs> He's primed and ready to go. I've been fluffing him for hours waiting for (laughs) to watch that damn video.
0: Ven conmigo. That means come with me.
2: (laughs) Um, Via con Dios. (laughs) Via con Dios. (laughs) It means go with God, come with God. (laughs) (laughs) Hell
0: yeah. Uh, So Riker asks O'Brien to, Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. So the saucer section enters orbit of Deneb-4 ready for reconnection, meaning that like Riker was watching this recap video for like 50 minutes or so, which is (laughs) longer than the entire episode has been so far. Yeah. Uh, So Riker asks O'Brien to adjust the pitch angle, then assures, with the star drive's velocity being zero, that the inertia should finish the job. And once again, this scene is a slog. It has got to be three or four minutes long of just music and like every like maybe thirty seconds, uh, Riker does just one direction, and then it goes back out to space and shows things going very slowly. People's reactions,
2: like, mm-hmm. oh, like it's like the most incredible thing that's ever been filmed, like ever that they've ever experienced or, or seen. Yeah, and people it's, that are on a fucking starship who see new worlds, like space anomalies, like other yeah. species. It's like, no, this this is actually really fucking awesome. Like yeah, him, right. him connecting these two things. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how Picard doesn't even watch. Like he, he he's just
0: like. I mean, he could be, or, watching, yeah, he could from be watching his Ready Room. That's but true. I'm sure he's watching porn.
2: No, oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's watching it's the like, XXX while, files.
0: While you're docking, I'll, <laughs> I'll see some docking of my own on my own view screen.
2: Docking with a manual, of course.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna write docking with a manual. That's just that's gonna be the entire explanation of this this podcast episode.
2: The manual docking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so, in the ship's conference lounge, um, oh, uh, Riker orders the lockup of the star drive and saucer, and thus the Enterprise is su- successfully reconnected. Like, hmm. I wrote a paragraph for this section, and it was so fucking long. Like, I I hated it. It was yeah. filler. No, thank you. Yeah, like way way too many echoes of everything that was wrong with Star Trek the motion picture.
2: I mean, this could have probably been like when it was first maybe like released, like maybe people did think it was pretty awesome and fascinating. Yeah. Who knows? I mean,
0: I could see that, but at the same, yeah, like, I mean, the but in hindsight, like first season of Star Trek, next generation in general is kind of a slog. And so I don't yeah. know.
2: And it's also, you know, it also like all this time is spent showcasing something that's barely used i think it's used i think the saucer separation is used in like maybe a couple episodes maybe, I, maybe I don't even remember really but like if it's something that's so inconsequential and un- interesting it's like not something that you really commit to memory like like you know obviously in generations like the saucer section crashing to the to the yeah. planet but
0: yeah, like, no one, no one gets hyped for, like, an episode where, like, they see on the synopsis, <laughs> oh, oh, this is the one where they fucking separate the saucer and holy the battle bridge. Sh- holy shit, bro. Oh, you never no. see this motherfucking shit. Oh, my God. It's the coolest thing the Enterprise can fucking do, man. Yeah, and they only show it for 11 minutes on this episode, <laughs> dude. It's like, it's only, like, a sixth of the runtime. So, in the ship's conference lounge, uh, Picard discusses with Riker... How during an incident on the planet Altair 3, he refused to let Captain Robert DeSoto of the USS Hood beam down to the planet, seeing that a captain's life could be in danger. And this is right after like Picard like compliments him on his docking. Mm-hmm. And uh, like at this point, like you can see like the Will Frakes come out in Riker, and he just starts like having this sly, beaming smile, mm-hmm. which is like the sly, sly, like self-contented. Riker smile, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah, and it's like I mean, it's half of his personality. He's action. like,
2: I fucking docked, bro. Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's 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 the exact same smile he gives like a new uh thing he wants to fuck when he meets him,
2: or it leaves them quivering the flo- quivering on the floor yeah. after 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 just like yeah. destroying.
0: Yeah, it is so <laughs> self satisfied. Like, yeah, like I I have worked my way up to like earning, have that grin. On occasion. Yes. But like Riker lives that grin mm-hmm. and we respect that game. Yeah. We respect that game. Yeah. We respect him. Respect it. Um, so Picard uh, tests Riker by suggesting that Riker doesn't respect a captain's authority, uh, which Riker denies only to state that preserving DeSoto's life takes pri- uh, took priority over obeying his orders and that the planet was not safe for him to go down on. But then he's like, but it's safe for you to go down on me if you want captain. I don't care. You can say <laughs> uh, Picard asks him if he intends to back down from that policy. Riker confidently just says, no, sir. And like, and then fucking Patrick Stewart does this thing that is just a very minute, like body thing that I fucking love. And is like an integral part, I think, of Picard's character and his mannerisms where he accepts something and like someone has just passed like his test mm-hmm. and gotten his approval. So he just like looks down like to the, the lower left of the ground and then starts a new conversation. Yeah. So it's his way of saying like, you pass the test. I'm not even going to talk about it
2: anymore. And, he, and he's more open and then oh, like, okay. and, and drops the whole drops, like a bit of the formality. Like he yes. does that with uh what's your face, the lower Decker who got killed.
0: Um, that, we did, uh, yeah, episode. yeah. Yeah. Uh, not yeah yeah
2: like he does the same thing Mm -hmm. where he you know puts her through the test and then when she passes like he's just like you know and it just shows that he had a respect for her all along and
0: right right yeah we love that yeah it's Uh, great yeah i think
2: it's it's a it's a it's it's something that was established in his character very early Mm -hmm. on and then just is completely wiped away completely by picard
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) because yeah he's such a like a good fair but kind of you know not stern, but will take you to account boss yeah. in, in all of TNG, basically. Like mm-hmm. he's a little too much of a dickhead in this episode.
2: He is a bit of a dickhead. But,
0: but after this, and especially after like season one, after he, after like the crew gets a rapport, mm-hmm. he's so, he's such a good captain. Yes. Like he's, he's just fun to watch. He's very confident in everything he does. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, it's just a role he was like made for. Yeah. And that he like completes mm-hmm. and completes him in a way, I think too. hmm But then they made Star Trek Picard. Yes. Confident in Riker's loyalty, Picard proceeds to express his discomfort with a substantial number of families, and particularly children, aboard the Enterprise. And uh, asks Riker for his assistance in, quote, not making me an ass in front of children, (laughs) which I actually kind of like. And actually, Picard curses a lot in this episode, Mm -hmm. more so than he does in anything else except for maybe the movies. Yeah. Like he says I I remember him saying like damn it and god damn it a lot in some mm-hmm. of the movies and stuff and like but um no here like he curses more in Encounter at far Point than he probably does in the entirety of TNG. Yeah. Like the rest of the entire series.
2: Yeah, he's, he and he does good. I do like this like establishing of his character as being like you know, he is he, like he is all about duty and like and and dealing with like kids and families is <laughs> something that's not common for me. He's like, I'm not a family man. And that's very true. you know, It's mm-hmm. true to him. And it's like, and I don't, and and where Picard kind of sees that as a flaw of his, I don't mm-hmm. like, I personally think it's like, no, I mean, it's, it's just like, it's, that's, it's you you know, not
0: for him. It's like, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's good rom-coms out there, but I just generally don't really like them. Mm-hmm. It's not because rom-coms is a genre are just bad. It's because it's not for me. Yeah. Being a parent is not for him. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it shouldn't detract from him at all, and it's not a character flaw at all. Yeah, and in a way, it makes him a much better captain because he's not focused on that at all.
2: He, it's, it, he's he's a tr- he's he's drawn to a higher calling rather than family. Exactly, and it's like something that you know is gives his, his life purpose and gives mm-hmm. his life meaning.
0: And that's and, that's what Star Trek is all about. It's mm-hmm. like people finding their purpose in a, a post scarcity society. Yeah, because we have created a utopia in which people can pursue what they believe is their purpose in life, Yeah, which is like a big point of it. And that's like why like everything feels hopeful in star Trek is because it's very self-determinist, but not in an individualist bullshit fucking libertarian kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's a self-determinist in that humanity is self-determinist and humanity has the power mm-hmm. to transcend their being and their faults. Yep. Uh, and you know, and be uh, transcendent. Yeah. Yeah. To, to yeah. Repeat myself there. I love it. Yeah, we do love it. We love the hopeful Star Trek. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, Discovery? What are you doing? Uh, confident in Riker now. Already read that. So uh, then, Captain Picard f- formally welcomes Riker on board to the Enterprise and extends his right hand—the hand both of them masturbate with—and <laughs> they make a cum bond. Mm-hmm. My cum to your cum. Yeah. Uh,
2: I see you've already ejaculated into <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: Was that on purpose? No, no,
2: no. As as have I. <laughs> <laughs> then it bonds, and then thus forging their their well, life on.
0: Well, Captain, I was jacking off while you were talking to me. Well, Commander, while I was sitting <laughs> in that table, I was jacking off, talking to you. <laughs>
2: You'll notice there are only one comes state <laughs> and, and, and the snow. <laughs>
0: Where there was only one cum stain in the the snow, now there are two. Now there are two. Uh, So confident in... uh, God, God, I've started reading that four times. (laughs) Riker enters the bridge of the Enterprise for the first time when he inquires to Lieutenant Worf as to the location of Lieutenant Commander Data. Worf reports that Data is on special assignment. Having escorted an admiral around the ship for the whole day, who arrived on the Enterprise to inspect the new vessel's medical layout. Data is now in the process of transferring the admiral to the USS Hood via shuttlecraft. When asked why the admiral couldn't have just beamed over instead, Worf responds, Well, I suppose he could, sir, but the admiral is rather, or is a rather remarkable man. Mm. He's made out of whiteboard. <laughs>
2: Um, so or this, or like as in this case, yeah, he just looks like he's made out of completely white napkins.
0: <laughs> he just, <laughs> he's just like, like just watered up napkins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in a corridor, Admiral Bones McCoy. What? He's back, baby, and he's 137 fucking years old.
2: Which doesn't make any fucking sense. Why he'd be an admiral? Like,
0: no, he should. They should have forced him into retirement long ago. It, it's just
2: like the other admiral that like uh, makes himself young. Yeah, like that, that. Oh, yeah.
0: That's a that's a pretty good episode. Actually. Yeah, is it is that season one?
2: I think so. It's very early on.
0: Yeah, it's it's very early on, and I feel like it's one of the better early episodes. The yeah. guy who's like reverse aging, and they don't mm-hmm. know why. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah, doing the evil admiral thing. And, yeah, but yeah, that motherfucker was looks even older than um, bones does at this
0: point. That's true. That, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, his,
2: his old man makeup was just basically like make him look like he's melting.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, so however, uh, oh, sorry, in a corridor, Admiral Leonard McCoy claims that data wanted his atoms scattered all over space. However, data claims that with his age, he should not have to bother with the time of taking a shuttle craft anywhere. McCoy stops walking and asks Data, what about my age, boy? And I think this is the funniest decision they could have possibly made, or that fucking Bones could have, uh, fucking uh, DeForest Kelly could have possibly made He's suddenly in his old age transformed into like a plantation owner
2: or foghorn leghorn.
0: Yeah. Like (laughs) out of nowhere, like he, he had never had even a hint of Southern accent or anything before, but suddenly he's all fucking Samuel Clements. It's very subtle. Like like he's what you talking about? I'm like, what happened to him? Like, has he just been working at like Cisco's dad restaurant for the past hundred years? Like.
2: You're like I come in with a raging Cajun Creole,
0: <laughs> Like what is happening? He sounds
2: or, or like he's like a plantation owner. Yeah, just, yeah, like, like, yeah, like
0: yeah. He's he sounds like fucking um, uh, uh, James James Corville. Yeah, yeah The raging Cajun. Uh, we are with the Democrat Party <laughs> with the here. <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: it's like yeah, something like. I wonder if, like, DeForest Kelly forgot how to play the character. Right. He's, He's like, like, did he have, a, like, a really strong uh, southern accent? <laughs> 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 and, like, and was he really racist? Like, <laughs> well, he was, he was like, still racist, but yeah. he made him, like, he cranked the racism dial up Dude, to, like, he, 11.
0: He cranked, the, he got so racist that he suddenly turned into, like, a uh, fucking 20th century southerner. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really, what?
2: Like the how many times he refers to Data as boy should be very troubling. It should be very right. it should be, be a sign of concern.
0: Like you you know he 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 talks that way to like exclusively like his subordinates and um black service workers. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh McCoy stops walking and asks Data, What about my age, boy? Uh, Data apologio- apologizes if the subject of his age bothers McCoy. Troubles me? What's so damn troublesome about not having died, Bar? Uh, McCoy exclaims. Uh, the Admiral then asks Data just how old he thinks he is. Bar. Uh, Data reports quickly that he is exactly 137 years old, according to Starfleet records.
2: Which is too old.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's like, how can you remember that so exactly, Bar?" And Data replies that he remembers everything every fact that he's exposed to, mm. which is interesting. Cause how does he parse facts from feelings? Mm.
2: He doesn't have feelings. Oh, so he's like, he's like the perfect Ben Shapiro machine.
0: <laughs> yeah. he's just like, he's the, he's oh my the, God. <laughs> data doing a Ben Shapiro impression would be legitimately fucking hilarious.
2: God. Yeah. just Or, do-
0: or honestly, Ben Shapiro doing a data impression would actually kind of be funny too.
2: Yeah, that would be funny to watch. Like, yeah. but I think like he would have some sort of like logic paradox because like because obviously like Ben Shapiro just does gish gallop oh, yeah, type yeah, argument, yeah. Argu- ar- argument in argumenting style and it's just like oh data would be like doing and they be like wait that's not logical yeah. <laughs> but, but wait I only care about facts
0: uh, uh, yeah he'd, he'd, short uh, out. he'd short out <laughs> he short out just his explode I mean he already is shorted out <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's five three uh, so. Uh, McCoy sarcastically says that Data may not have pointed ears, but he sure sounds like a Vulcan boy. Uh, only to claim that, um, uh, only to claim that he is in fact an android and uh, fucking just as
2: bad, motherfucker.
0: Almost as bad, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, much to Data's uh, puzzlement over his own perception of Vulcans as an advanced and respected race.
2: Yeah, like Data's <laughs> already like saying like, woof like. Yeah, he's like,
0: "Isn't that not okay to say?" And McCoy replies,
2: "Well, well, uh, that that they are, and damn annoying at times." You see that? You see this? This is this is this is this is the Dixie flag. <laughs> This is the this is the Confederate flag, and you know what? I fly it because it has it ha- it has history. That's why I fly it. It is it is not because of any any racism, which which is it's, it's, uh, I'm also espousing right now. But it's also, it's <laughs> about history.
0: Here. Here it is not history. heritage, not hate, boy. Ain't you ever seen the Dukes of Hazard, boy?
2: <laughs> you know, you know that Enterprise? show with the racist people in it.
0: <laughs> I used to call it Enterprise General Sherman. Wait, it wasn't the General Sherman. What was it called? Yeah, General General Sherman, I think. That can't be right. Oh, I'm general
2: Lee. General Gen- Lee. Yeah, the general That'd be crazy oh, yeah. if it was I mean, the General yeah, Sherman. Yeah, German, German, yeah German, General Sherman's the guy who burnt yeah, yeah, that. It. Like,
0: yeah, we set our car on fire every week. Uh, yeah. It's a fucking statement against the South. Uh-huh. Uh, the General Sherman. That would be legitimately funny. Like a Dukes of Hazard take like yeah. a Dukes of Hazzard movie where like suddenly some new Dukes come in <laughs> and they have like a car called the General Sherman that's like faster and better than theirs yeah,
2: and yeah like, so that should have been their enemies like some guys from the north that would be that so are, funny some, some like weird Massachusetts guys or something <laughs> <This> <laughs> that are just like driving the General Sherman
0: oh that'd be so good <laughs> or they're like like traditional libertarians who have a real Gadsden flag and oh, like yeah. are actually anti-authoritarian
2: oh yeah they're from New Hampshire oh yeah, 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 the, the yeah livery, that'd, li- that'd, that'd actually fuck the live free or die for state yeah
0: that'd, that'd be cool yeah, <laughs> yeah we, should, we should write this let's reboot Dukes of Hazard yeah. as a fucking anti-racist thing <laughs> so McCoy sarcastically says that Data and oh no, I already got that so uh, while continuing to walk down the corridor McCoy tells Data to treat the Enterprise like a uh, he, oh, I'm sorry I just got to repeat this line exactly he says treat her like a lady and she'll always bring you home <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's a line that could only have been written like a dumb old white man in their sixties or seventies.
2: Yeah. And, and that's a thing. Like the uh, forest Kelly looks like he, like, he really is pretty much that old. I mean, they add some old man makeup to Mm -hmm.
0: him. They didn't need to.
2: Yeah. They didn't need to. Like he is, he is basically falling apart. And I'm wondering,
0: DeForest Kelly is a, uh, a man who like looks lived in and more than that smoked in. Yeah. Like he, he looks like he has just been exposed to secondhand smoke for at least 200 years (laughs) without the makeup at that point. Like in the nineties, DeForest Kelly, he looked like he was in his sixties when he was in his forties. Yeah. Like in Star Trek: The Motion Picture, I think it was like in his late forties or something. He looks old, like in his sixties at least. Yeah, he did not age gracefully. No, no, he just fell apart. Like
2: he is, yeah, he's, and I feel this whole scene was added by Gene Roddenberry because mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the story.
0: No, it's just skin and bones, McCoy, being a racist. Yeah, calling Data boy. Yeah.
2: And it wouldn't make sense, like, because like also like Bones' character mm-hmm. already didn't like he already pretty much retired by yeah. um uh what was it uh um the motion picture by the motion picture I mean
0: yeah and he was mad that fucking he got uh redrafted yeah. by Kirk he's like I just want to retire he's up in his disco outfit just doing a fucking bunch of coke in Florida mm-hmm. and he's like what did you take me out of my fucking coke orgy for yeah I I was just having. A post-scarcity coke orgy, <laughs> and you're making me go to, like, war against this fucking giant vagina. Yeah, what like, the
1: fuck
2: leave me
0: out of this. Like, like I was knee-deep in giant vagina down in Florida.
2: Yeah, it like, wouldn't make sense that he would return to, like, stay in Starfleet and to, and to for, be an For the next
0: 80 years. For the, ne- 80 for years. the next 80 years. 80 years.
2: That's too long. That's it's
0: insane.
2: Like... Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like you know, in our, our, you know, in our today and in reality, you know, we have like U.S. senators that are fucking like ninety fucking years old and shit like that. And we're just doesn't that doesn't make sense either. It's like <sighs> fucking retire, get yep. out of there. Your brain is jello. Like, yes. <laughs> like like obviously like you know bones like you're having like this flashback <laughs> or just like this mm-hmm. this like he doesn't know he's not aware of where he is or or e- anything. Like. He's,
0: he's wearing, he's so old and cold and he's like, he's skin and bones McCoy here. And they're fucking like, <laughs> he's so old and cold that he can't wear a regular Starfleet uniform. He's wearing literally a uniform that is a knit cardigan with like shoulder lapels.
2: And they just, to make it a future, uh future cardigan, they put a bunch of uh, glitter all over yeah, it. Yeah.
0: They like bedazzle the shoulders <laughs> and the fucking, the, the fucking uh, elbow pads and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> like, yes it looks like a craft. Like it looks, it looks like something that'd be cool if your girlfriend made it for you. But the (laughs) fact that they're wearing it, an admiral is wearing it on a starship is silly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Bones would have never agreed to this. No. You know, but you know, it is something that Gene Roddenberry wanted to wedge in one last time. Get his, I get get his old
0: friend. He wanted, he, he wanted to get his bone in there one more time. <laughs>
2: yeah, put the bone in. Nope. Got to stick the b- bone in. And this is, you know, I stuck the bone in halfway. Like we only got, <laughs> like did, we only did. got to walk down a corridor. They we got that
0: old dry bone and stuck it in. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, they spit on it a little and then,
0: like, and then. <laughs> no, they just spit on the palm and then rubbed it on the tip. They didn't, they yeah, didn't get it nearly, enough and, and
2: kind of put it in, but didn't finish. And so yeah. like, d- like bones didn't really do anything. Like, That's enough,
0: boy. I Finish bar.
2: Now let me go. Let me go die.
0: <laughs> uh Later on the bridge, Q appears on the Enterprise main view screen and tells Picard that the time is running out. And this 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 triggers the funniest like anything in the episode. Worf immediately jumps up from his station and points a phaser at the view screen, <laughs> but Picard immediately restrains him, pointing out. That he would be shooting the view screen instead of Q himself.
2: It's like, what is wrong with you?
0: Yeah, like, are you are you really mentally fit to be on the starship? <laughs> like, you you thought that a television was a real person, straight up. <laughs> you thought a television was a person that was a threat.
2: They, sh- they like they probably they they probably learned their lesson like uh, uh, when uh, or they probably got the idea to like you know that you know uh, the jump scare um, meme you know mm-hmm. where it shows like the car. Driving down the driving down the street, yeah. You ever see that where then ah, oh, it's a, uh, it's like where you like you're like oh, watch this video and it's just like a car and uh, you're just focused no, on the car.
0: Suddenly go ah, yeah, and then something goes yeah. ah,
2: and then they they do that to wharf. they like just play a prank on him, and then he shoots a hole through the through the bridge, and then it like, yeah. sucks everyone to dead space.
0: You see, I don't find the well, I do find those videos scary, but um, fear makes me come. Oh yeah, and so like I just watch a lot of those videos and make a big puddle under <laughs> underneath my my computer chair. <laughs> Which,
2: uh... Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, that's what that is. It's
0: the, uh... You know how my carpet's, like, mostly beige, but then there's that, uh... that spot there that kind of looks like Murph from Prodigy? Yeah,
2: I was wondering about that. I thought you just got, like, a giant Murph toy or something.
0: No. Well, I mean, I have a giant Murph toy. Well, it's... uh, It's 3D printed. Well, we'll get into that later. Well, I mean, that'll get into me later. It's more like, um... I'm rambling here. Uh, So, uh, um... Uh, Picard restrains Worf and says, uh, don't shoot, shoot the fucking TV. <laughs>
2: yeah, you, you Pic- moron, you imbecile. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, I don't mean to be racist, but what what is wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> Picard states that they will proceed uh, the same regardless of Q's involvement, stating that if we are going to be damned, let's be damned for what we really are. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a great line. Yeah. I like that one. Um, so, yeah, I do like... Gene Roddenberry one good line you get d- it
2: it does seem like you know it, it, it you could say like it's you know uh, you know just starfleet and how they operate like like they like they always set out to do the right thing but also it i think it is just like the the merging of the two unrelated storylines yeah and then like so it's just like you know so often the characters forget they're being on like on trial mm-hmm. humanity's on trial for um for uh
0: Right, because, yeah, because it's like, (laughs) I mean, although, to be fair, uh, Q pretty specifically only has humanity on trial here. Yeah. Doesn't really care about Klingons. Mm -hmm. Doesn't care about androids, really. No. And, I mean, at some point he cares a little more about data, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, he's really just interested in fucking with humanity. Yeah. And more so than that, he just wants to suck Jean-Luc Picard's dick. Yes. Like, I cannot stress that enough. If you don't believe me, watch every single Q episode on TNG again mm-hmm. and tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Because I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm straight up not wrong. I have met plenty of guys that wanted to suck my dick before, and a lot of them have. Mm-hmm. And I have met guys whose dicks I have wanted to suck before, and I have. <laughs> I know the signs. Yeah. He's showing Every single one of the signs. He's, he's
2: he's he's like he's taking the letter, he's mailing
0: it. He's he's, he's doing the silly camp queer thing mm-hmm. where he's like kind of negging mm-hmm. Picard, but like he's being very playful about it. Yeah. If it wasn't life or death, because I don't think he really understands life and death in the same way, it would just him being like very playfully flirting with Picard, trying to get to suck his dick. Yeah. And I mean, obviously. I don't know why, but it's obvious that he wants to suck Picard's dick specifically. Oh yeah. More than anything. He definitely, he would, he would, he would definitely suck Riker's dick.
2: Though I kind of wonder, like since he is, you know, omniscient, like he Mm -hmm. already knows the relationship he's going to build with Picard. If you kind of,
0: Yes. So he kind of. And but, no. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's weird because he's omniscient and like does exist in all times. Mm-hmm. However, at the same time, he didn't know before he posed this test to Picard that Picard would pass test.
2: Or he did know. And it's just like, you know, part of of also like knowing the future knows that you're, that you're compelled to just do it anyway. True. And so like, he just, he just has to know, he knows he has to go through. He's just
0: following the, he's just going through the motions that he mm-hmm. knows he has to go through, which would also kind of make sense, but, yeah.
2: it's, it's, part, but it's part of but, the, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, but he knew, it, he, it,
0: he, it would make sense. However, it would not make sense in the context of Picard season two at all. No, <laughs> because there's no way that he could know all time and say he's immortal for so many years, knowing for certain that he will die eventually,
2: unless he knew he had to say that,
0: which is bad writing, <laughs> yeah, because they don't explain why he knew he had to say that, yeah and if if they had if they had an answer for that, maybe I'd entertain the idea
2: yeah it seems no. it seems weird like yeah, like I don't know.
0: Yes, you do know. Picard season two is
2: bad. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I, I was saying like how like let's, it, it let's is, put
0: Picard season two on trial, yeah. Q style. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: you are here to answer for the crimes of your bullshit writing.
2: I so was saying like how good, how nice it was that like you know the um the first season of of, of a TNG mm-hmm. like the first episode of TNG and the last se- you know, episode like they're kind of they, they 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 bookend they, they bookend end perfectly. Yeah, they oh. bookend perfectly, and that mm-hmm. should have been like the stop of all Q episodes, at least for TNG. Like, obviously, you know, he comes back for DS nine, but like, no, that's, and he comes back in Voyager. Voyager, Yeah. yeah. In Voyager. But like, that's the perfect end to their relationship Mm -hmm. to, to like the, to uh, the Q and Picard thing. And then Mm -hmm. they had to go and do season two of Picard, which is just like, I mean,
0: not, not quite. He should (laughs) have sucked his dick on, (laughs) on, in all good things. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. like, and he's now like, a little parting, part, parting party favor, <laughs> Picard, card
0: All good things go in my mouth eventually, <laughs> <laughs> and I see that juicy D.
2: That's a good thing. Now don't treat remi- Don't now. Don't Picard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when you're about to come on, Copy <laughs> Um, damn like, you, damn you, Q.
2: Damn you, Q. <laughs> Damn you, Q! I've never had anyone do that with the prostate! Your sloppy toppy is out of this world! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Truly out of this galaxy!
2: <laughs> <laughs> Truly out of this galaxy!
0: Um. So now we get a personal log from Picard. Personal log, stardate 41153.8. Of the 24 hours Q allotted us to prove ourselves, 11 have now passed, without incident, and yet I cannot forget Q's prediction that we will face some critical test. Hmm. I consider it important. Oh, sorry. Um, in Picard's ready room, Riker then tells the captain about objects appearing when thought of on down on the planet. Picard is a bit skeptical about Riker's observations and orders counselor Troy to join him and Riker on an away mission.
2: So this is another, sh- another part I just realized mm-hmm. about like, the continuity of, like, this whole, of this whole, like, episode. Mm-hmm. Like, Riker was looking for data. Yeah. Data was dealing with the Admiral.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, then he's going to send him looking for data again because he never went and found him.
0: That's true. And then,
2: so then, like, there has to be another, like, trying to find data thing. And that's obvious, and that that's clearly just, like, because then he has to go meet him in the holodeck.
0: I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because they're still doing printout only stuff they're not mm-hmm. supposed to communicate because they don't want q to know what they're doing
2: or whatever it's still like you know q can still like you know he's like this other, yeah he can
0: read minds so he can read like, uh, he can
2: read minds he could be invisible if he wanted like yeah. but yeah it's just like it is it's just funny like that that, that they just never they just like were did the whole like record go find data do didn't do data and then, like, they send him on to find data again.
0: Do you think he goes invisible when he um covertly sucks the, the captain's dick at night, or yeah, obviously, while he's asleep? Okay, or because I was thinking maybe he wants to be caught a little bit, maybe that's like part, part of the excitement. It's like, ooh, is Picard gonna find out? I've been the one who's been draining his balls every night. The Q is the Q in LGBTQ because I like sucking dick, mon capitan.
2: Picard wakes up and like on the on and his slipper is like a Q spelled out of his own cum. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's like, what
2: the fuck? I leave little messages. I leave little clues. That you have to put together, mon capitan. It's a little test for you. <laughs> Here's the test.
0: Can you solve the riddle? The <laughs> riddle is I suck your dick. <laughs> riddle me this. Riddle me that mon Capitan. Oh. Who drained your balls? Don
2: Delancey would have been a good riddler.
0: Yeah, he would have. Holy shit, he would have. Yeah. He's so camp. Like, he'd be perfect. Yeah. Honestly, like Andy Robinson too.
2: Or a Joker. He could be a good Joker.
0: Yeah. 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 You yeah, could see that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, yeah. Q is fied isn't he?
1: he is he's pretty, pretty
0: clown pilled, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty
2: clown pilled. Yeah, he's a little scamp. Like most, yeah, yeah, like his sure. his mo- ma- main motivation is being a scamp.
0: Oh, uh, speaking of scamp, I totally forgot to mention it. But uh, several times in this episode so far, we have seen scants. Uh, yes. in as much um, Deanna Troy, this entire fucking episode wears a scan, and then we see um fucking um, yarn one at the very end of the episode yeah. and, and there's uh, a guy in it in one too yeah there's a there's a guy in one which is awesome uh, yeah. I would really like a scan Scants are awesome mm-hmm. Uh, they're cool and that way whenever I go to uh, like a Star Trek event or convention um, I can pull my dick out way easier <laughs> like straight yeah. up like men in skirts men in dresses it needs to be more of a thing it's so comfortable it rules and you can just like literally like stand there and pee if you want to <laughs> If you got the right angle with your dick hanging down, you don't even have to pull your dick out to take a piss on the that's ground. What,
2: that's why Scottish people like love it. Yeah, just yeah. piss wherever.
0: Well yeah, well, yeah, Scottish people did that because they get drunk so often that they figured out they would be chronically pissing their pants. And so they're like, yeah, but what if we just took out the part that we usually piss on?
2: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, what if it was just always just like just nothing nothing mm-hmm. separating except uh And then they're like, se- What if
0: we make it out of like tartan that like stains don't show on very easily and mm. dark spots don't show on like at all?
2: And out of wool where the, where it's where it wicks away moisture so it just just hits it and then point and goes right off.
0: We just discovered this the, the fucking mystery of the Scottish Highlands. Hells yeah. They all just pissed their pants until they figured <laughs> out figured out how not to. <laughs>
2: Well, I guess I'm going to the Utila Kilt store and and, uh, uh and, 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 um, and, uh, and, uh, no, no, Pioneer you, Square. No, no,
0: no. Utila Kilts are for people who want to piss in their kilts. <laughs> <laughs> That's their thing, okay? Don't kink shit.
2: Is that Utila Kilt store still down there? God, I hope not. Yeah.
0: It's like. like I have
2: seen a few guys wearing Utila Kilts in Seattle.
0: And, like, I mean, I, I've met a couple of them who are, like, decent folks, but, like, most yeah. of the time I see them and I'm like, You are the worst element of Reddit, like personified, like you're that guy, Mm -hmm. like that guy who like thinks tool is the coolest and most complicated band and like, yeah, Joe Rogan's fair, you know, I don't, I don't think he's platforming fat, you know, he's just asking questions. You just got to ask them
2: like point blank. Do you pee on the floor? Mm-hmm. like where you're standing.
0: Well, yeah, you got to be it, like...
2: And if you they don't, they're a fucking poser. Like, yeah, they, don't, like, they don't deserve to wear a fucking utility.
0: Yeah, but, but, I mean, the, my leading question is, um, before you bought a kill, did you just always pee your pants or what? <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck does that mean? And I'm like...
2: You know what it means. And they're yeah. like, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they
2: just stare at the ground and they're like,
0: uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did.
2: I'm, I'm sorry. I tried. I've
0: been, I've been, I've been a bad boy.
2: I, try, I, try, I tried to act like I didn't.
0: I I do. Do. I'm, I'm sorry. My mom spanked me. <laughs> um, so Picard is a bit skeptical about Riker's observations. So I'm sorry. I'm going to go back because we went on a tanch there. We did. In Picard's ready room, Riker tells the captain about objects appearing when thought of down on the planet uh, with, with Zorn. Picard is a bit skeptical about Riker's observations and orders counselor Troy to join him and Riker on an away mission, which results in an awkward reunion on the bridge between Riker and Troy, uh, Riker and Troy. And, uh, fucking, um, Picard is like, uh, I want to introduce you to, and then they stare at each other while music plays for like 30 seconds and they, eye fuck each other severely. And Picard is like, have you two met? (laughs) And I'm like, duh! How, not? what are you, like, does, do any two strangers just stare at each other like that? That's Mm -hmm. so creepy. If they had never met, that would be unsettling on both of their parts.
2: It would have been funny to just see a wide shot of that scene where it's just like, because like, you know, to a viewer, it just seems like they're having this dramatic moment, but like Picard is just sitting there, the standing there the entire time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it would just be, it'd be awkward. Like yeah, you said like thirty seconds pass, and Picard's just standing yeah. there like yeah, waiting for an answer. Cause they're
0: communicating with their minds. Cause apparently um, mm-hmm. Riker can still like read her mind. Yeah. Uh, she's like past clairvoyance to him somehow mm-hmm. in the fact that he is her in Im- Yeah, which d- they, they clarify this later in the series. Right? Mm-hmm. I vaguely remember something about it, but I don't remember the specifics. Yeah. It
2: was, it's something that I hate.
0: Like, yeah, it just, was something a lot of the, like the beta beta zoid stuff kind of sucks because yeah. they're, they're, kind of way overpowered, honestly, as a species, they like are. pure, pure beta zoids. I, I actually like, I think all beta zoids should have basically been like what half beta zoids are yes. like able to feel strong emotions and stuff like that. But pure clear voyance honestly doesn't make sense, it, especially no. with beta zoids. And especially in the context of our favorite and most popular beta zoid, um, the, the queen slut herself, number mm. one, Dick sucka, Miss Luxwana Troy, yes, um, so she is full clairvoyant because she's full betazoid, right? What that means is not only can she read others' thoughts, but they feel the presence of her thoughts or can somehow read her thoughts, mm-hmm. and so she projects her thoughts
1: mm-hmm.
0: That woman is insanely horny, like I don't think they like l- allow her back onto fucking uh enterprise if she was just walking up in there, because basically her existence is sexual harassment to like half of the men on the ship. Yeah. Cause she is just like looking for dick. Yeah. And so like she, she would just be like hanging out in a hallway and like, you'd be walking along and you just hear this woman in your head going, Man, I'd like to. <laughs> i like to taste that cup. I bet he drinks pineapple juice.
2: Also, like, uh, <laughs> and also, like the DS Nine episode where she's like, you know, since she's an older at Zoid and ha- losing control of her powers, and she makes everyone on the ship horny.
0: Right, right. Uh, yeah, the fucking episode, uh, fascination, fascination yeah. from season two. I want to say mm-hmm. honestly, weird. Kind of uneven, but fun episode. Yeah. Fun episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is kind of weird. Like, uh, Jake is thirsting after Kira, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. In in his, yeah. Um, and fucking Cisco's like, she's a grown ass woman. Like. <laughs> yeah. And then he later goes on to date a
2: grown ass woman. Yeah. Like uh, as a 12 year old brings, brings like a 26 year old woman back to
0: his, thing. Nice. Fucking Jake Sisko be balling. It runs in the family. Yeah. Like the Sisko's be a baller ass family. Mm-hmm. So Picard meets with Zorn, um, but Zorn immediately becomes fearful since there is a Betazoid at the meeting. Troy so- assures Zorn that she's only half Betazoid and that she can only sense strong emotions within people. She then feels a strong flood of emotions coming from somewhere, namely pain, and loneliness. And this is where her acting gets hammy. Like, yeah, honestly, like, I like Marina Sirtis, and I like her in her role, but she sucks in this episode. Yeah. Like, basically, her job is to break down and cry, like, four separate times in the episode, and it, not a whole lot else.
2: Yeah, because they do a lot. The, in this episode, That I think, like, they were, I think, originally, like, her powers, like, she was supposed to, whatever... Emotions she's sensing, she's also feeling, she also feels herself.
0: Which is honestly, like, especially with the fucking trope that, like, women are too emotional or whatever and, like, not fit for command, Mm -hmm. which they have, you know, made clear, at least in TOS, that, like, women weren't really in command, which Mm -hmm. sucks and is fucking dumb. Yeah. Um, you know, despite, actually, Gene Roddenberry trying to make Majelle Barrett number one from Mm -hmm. the get-go, but then she just ended up being a nurse. Yeah. Which... Is just wild. Mm -hmm. Like they demoted her from second in command (laughs) to a nurse, (laughs) which is just whatever. But then they promoted her when she's
2: second in command to the doctor. Yeah. Second doctor.
0: No, I don't know. She's not because she's a nurse. She's not even an officer. Like there's plenty of medical officers above her. (laughs) And I'm sure plenty of medical officers above her. If you don't remember. Oh, shit. Uh, But then, but then thankfully, Majel Barrett was eventually promoted to the voice of the ship and the number one dick sucker in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, we stand a number one dick sucker. Yeah. She's great. No, she's, I, I, I genuinely love the character of Lexana Troy. I used to find her kind of grading mm-hmm. and she's poorly written at points for sure. Especially in TNG, she's a lot better in DS nine, mm-hmm. but, uh, she's just fun. Yeah. Like she's just a funnel broad. Yeah. She's a funnel broad. Who's just out there to get Dick <laughs> and like, she's just cruising the galaxy being a fucking ambassador for people and looking for a big juicy cock to suck on.
2: Yeah. You know, this is some we can't sort of, hate. We can't hate, you know, like <laughs> Gene Roddenberry was her and Gene Roddenberry probably doing some weird freaky role play type shit with this, this role. I mean, or maybe not. He was like on
0: his death you, store, but by- you know, the way he cast the character of Will Riker was with his wife's pussy, right? It's <laughs> yeah. like, all right, bulls line up. All right. So, the one of you can fuck nurse, uh, uh not n- nurse Chapel the best mm-hmm. here, uh, gets to be a uh, fucking first mate.
2: Now leave your keys in the bowl. <laughs> <And> then, just, <laughs> then he just sits in a chair across from the bed and like and like just like swirls a glass of brandy.
0: <laughs> he's like, yes, very good, very good. Oh, oh, I'm sure she likes that. What was I'm he? I'm split- sure
2: I like that. What'd you say your name was, Jonathan Freaks? You're hired. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well,
0: you're to the top of the list already. You're willing to do things other men would never dream They of. have,
2: like, that really long carpet. <laughs> 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 it's just, like It's just, like, the, like, the grossest, like, 70s-style, <laughs> like, sex pad in the world. Oh, yeah.
0: We love that. Yeah, they definitely have, like, a swinger pad, right? Yeah, I'm guessing so. Yeah, he probably, like, invited, like, Sagan and his wife over and tried to pressure them into group sex.
2: Or, uh, what's-his-face, who, really, who was into, uh, that, um...
0: Uh, Roger Stone.
2: Uh Roger Stone um, <laughs> um, uh the Dianetics guy.
0: Oh, I, oh yeah, fucking uh, uh, Herbert uh, uh, Frank. Frank Frank Herbert. No, 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 Frank no, Herbert's dude. No, no, yeah, sorry. Uh, f- uh, oh my god. Yeah, how can I not remember his name? Oh, I well, know. I well, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Scientology dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh no. Um Hubbard? Elron Hubbard. Elron Hubbard. There you go. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah cuz Elron Hubbard and um uh, Robert Heinlein did wife swapping.
0: Really? That's yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Um, Robert,
2: Robert Highland was really into uh, wife swapping and stuff.
0: Uh, Picard theory. Elrond. Hmm. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Oh,
2: you think like Picard is Elrond?
0: No. Elrond is is somehow modeled or a tribute to Elrond Hubbard. Elrond. Hmm. Elrond. I mean, Elnor. Oh fuck, you're right. <laughs> I was just like, Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Elrond's in fucking Lord of the Rings, isn't he? Uh that's
2: um that's
0: uh That's Elrond. Elrond's, yeah Elrond, Elrond's yeah. an elf, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Mr. Smith is Oh uh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah Elrond, yeah. That's what I was thinking
2: of. Oh fuck me. Well, fuck me, I'm all dumb. Shit, that could be a thing. I'm sorry,
0: I was thinking of uh, the other elf in the other franchise. Yeah. <laughs> the other the other ninja elf guy. Um the the one that's actually cool. But you know what? Could check out. You could who knows? uh Elnor Hubbard Elnor Hubbard that, that, that's what I'm going that's, that's what I meant the entire time that was my joke everybody you're well uh, so um did, did we already go through that shit I'm getting lost here my mind my mind is fading my friend mm-hmm. okay so uh later on the bridge Q appears on no, no 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 so later on the enterprise Riker finally meets Data in the ship's holodeck Oh, I'm sorry. One I got to go back here. I'm sorry. I'm getting lost. I got lost, didn't put a marker. So, Troy assures Zorn that she's only half Betazoid and that she can only sense strong emotions in people. She then feels a strong flood of emotions coming from somewhere, namely pain and loneliness, and she just goes, "Pain! Pain! Loneliness." Picard begins to leave and tells Zorn that the Federation may not protect Farpoint anymore, to which Zorn says, the station may become vulnerable to species like the Ferengi and they may start to do deals with them to which Picard replies a fine. Let's hope they find you as tasty as they did their past associates. Yeah. Which is like weird lore to set up for the Ferengi that doesn't m- match with anything else ever.
2: No. Yeah. Like
0: I don't think they've like cannibalism or anything is ever mentioned about Ferengi ever. Yet.
2: No, but, but you know what? It could be like, because they don't know a lot about the Ferengi at this point. That's true. That could just be like a um um a rumor that they've heard about the Ferengi true. and
0: um and are just like uh, And like the Ferengi when we first see him in like season two or three. Uh when, I think it's
2: season one. Is it? Oh. Yeah, when we see when see like
0: quark not quark. Yeah, Armin Shimmerman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that was season two or three, but no. Um I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But Yeah, like, they're definitely a lot more crude, and that's a big reason Armin Shimmerman wanted to take on the role of Quark in DS9 and actually, like, flesh out the species so they're not such a crude monoculture, which he did incredibly.
2: But you know what? Big, big, big L on his his part, mm -hmm. didn't didn't keep the laser whips.
0: Didn't keep the laser whips, uh, and you know what? He didn't eat people, and I don't think he even ate pussy is the problem.
2: No, no, you know, you know, you know Quark's not someone who eats pussy, no, which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah, you know, Rom, like, laps that shit up like a dog drinking water. Yeah,
2: I mean, I'm sure he has little Quark's that he puts on his teeth. Oh, oh, definitely, <laughs> like, so he doesn't <laughs> no, like, no,
0: no, I think, I think Lita might like a little roof, oh, yeah, like, right, like, right? like a toothy, toothy clit lick, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, Bajorans. Bajorans probably have like a meteor, like harder clit, right? Mm, yeah, they kind That's of. That's like, what I like to imagine. While they have I masturbate.
2: Like a masturbate. They have a nose a, a nose ridges. Yeah, it's ribbed
0: for anybody's pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like I, I, yeah, like it is weird, like to introduce like that they eat people, but yeah, it's like. But I'm I'm guessing that it was just like because ignorance.
0: Yeah, ignorance yeah. is bliss. <laughs> Uh, Later on the Enterprise, Riker finally meets Data in the ship's holodeck, where the android is in a forest program trying to whistle Pop Goes the Weasel. He requests Data's, uh, sorry, Riker requests Data's participation in an away mission, to which Data agrees. They then proceed to discuss Data's background in his studies at the academy, to which he says, uh, well, first Riker's like, so the lieutenant commander title is just like honorary then? And Data is like, corrects him. It's like, no, uh, Starfleet class of 78, which brings up a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. What 78? Because this takes place in the 2360s, which is like, so either he graduated 90 years ago or he's using maybe a different time system. I don't know. I don't know how to rectify this line at all because it doesn't make any sense.
2: I think I think what the where, where how it happened is they had two different writers who were <laughs> yeah. not, who, who were uh, uh, were very contentious with one another and did not work together.
0: Which I mean, it doesn't really even make sense in the context of like kind of miswriting because you know they establish uh, like with Bones McCoy he's 137 here. In the original draft of the script, he was 147. So Mm. it was 10 more years in the future. So that would maybe have almost made sense if he was 147, because then that would have put it closer to 78. But still, I think, like two years behind, Mm -hmm. which does still no sense whatsoever. So yeah, like the writing there, like and especially for something that is easy as continuity for the first episode, like mm-hmm. literally reading the script, you could see this and be like 78. So how many years does that put us past the original star Trek? And like, what age would that make bones McCoy? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure we you know, kind of know his age at some point in there, but yeah, that, I don't know. It was just like, when he said that I was like 78 and then I looked into it, and I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. No. Especially since he's a robot who remembers every single fact he's ever told, he would not get that twisted. Mm. He just wouldn't. So maybe, maybe the class of 78, maybe it's like Starfleet Academy number 78. Yeah. That's, you know what? I just fixed it for this you. This is going. You're fucking welcome. Ghost of Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. I think it was a dumb piece of shit.
2: I think it was just like, no. And yeah, it is something that's funny that it, Something that was missed by so many people when the episode right. was released.
0: Every single person or like yeah, and they just never like fixed it or anything like that. It's just it's a mis- a weird mistake. It's gotta be a mistake that mm-hmm. just remains. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, you know, burn in a history.
1: No. I don't know. Burn in film, whatever.
0: So um so uh, they de- uh, briefly discussed Data's background and his studies at the Academy, uh, with Data admitting that while he is superior to humans in many ways, he would trade it all just to be human, which is something that, like, is a, a through line in, like, the entire series. Mm-hmm. All the way up through, I mean, f- First Contact. I think at the after First Contact, he he's pretty cool with just being a fucking android again, but... Yeah, whatever. No, <coughs> oh, here's something I
2: looked up. What's up? Data went to Starfleet Academy from two, uh, two, uh, 2300, uh, 2341 to 2345. He describes himself as Class of 78 to Commander William Riker in the series premiere encounter at Farpoint with honors in probability
0: mechanics and exobiology. Uh-huh. Although
2: canonically, may only refer to the star date. Mm. So that
0: could be it. Okay, that actually totally makes sense. I didn't even think about the star date. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give it a pass. I give it a pass. Also although, is, although no, 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 no. <laughs> Starfleets on Earth Earth, they use Earth time on Earth. Yes. So star dates are literally for when you're traveling the stars. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but I guess he went uh, between twenty three forty one and twenty three forty five. So that means yeah, he's then that that makes more sense to the to the twenty three sixty four, because that means he
0: Yeah, he's been he's been in Starfleet for maybe fifteen. Yeah, fifteen years. years and that mm-hmm. makes sense that he's a lieutenant commander. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%, especially since he's like a, a rare being. The, the thing that doesn't make sense, honestly, everyone in Starfleet seems to know that Worf is the only Klingon in Starfleet, right? Mm-hmm. That's That seems to be almost like ubiquitous throughout the series. Uh, and like, yeah, new people in Starfleet are like, oh, I've heard of you, Worf. But like, for some reason, no one seems to know about Data, even though he's been there for a lot longer than Worf has, I believe. Mm. It's very strange.
2: Oh yeah, and this also brings up another good point like data tells lore and data lore that he had a 26-year record to attain his current position and then so yeah, that doesn't make sense like
0: 26 years. Oh, I guess uh, if you start if you count from the beginning of his starfleet. Oh, uh, 20, yeah, 23. Cuz Data lore is in season 1 or 2 right? Season one. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it is season one because it's like, no, is it? No,
2: uh, I think it's, yeah, I think probably later. So yeah, it makes sense that, 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 that yeah. point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to say it's, it's the first season cause it's like one of two good episodes in the first season. It's that mm-hmm. conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else is a fucking stinker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, they then proceed in and out. So, as Riker and Data discuss the intricacies of the holodeck technology, uh, Wesley Crusher enters the holodeck excited about the potential of the technology, but accidentally falls into the pond on a. after being warned by Riker, only to be rescued single-handedly by Data. Which, it wasn't a rescue. He just fell in a shallow pond. <laughs> yeah. And then Data yeah, picked him kept... up with one hand in a really creepy way.
2: Mm, yeah, it was, it was literally a pond he could stand up in, but, mm. you know... Um... Uh, uh, what's his name? Wesley Crusher. Wesley is a fucking nerd,
0: yeah. so it makes sense. Like
2: I can't swim. I he's, can't swim. He's
0: like a baby in a five gallon bucket. He can like <laughs> he can somehow drown in like three and a half inches of water. You know, you can
2: drown in a and a cup of water, and I think he's good. <laughs>
0: he's yeah, he's that special. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, really goes to prove. And I think more than anything, like fucking Wesley Crusher is definitely an, like an idiot savant. Yeah, like he's very good, like at certain things, mm-hmm. but he's like completely socially unaware. Yeah, like a- dude, Ashley Judd wanted on his dick, and he's like, what? Yeah, ooh, 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 ooh. like dude, it's Ashley fucking Judd in the '90s, you dumb dick. Yeah, she, he's she, a little
2: bitch. Yeah, she made the good. She made the good decision to leave, so she wouldn't yeah. have to continue to be Wesley Crusher's uh, oh, love interest. interest. Oh, yeah. yeah, imagine that. Wolf. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so, uh, as the group exits the holodeck, uh, Picard is walking down the corridor, Riker stating that he is, uh, leading an away team down to Deneb four and Wesley apologetically dripping water on the corridor carpet. We have to address carpet cannot exist in the future, right? No. No. Like, that's the only thing I like more about new Trek design is there's no carpet anywhere. Yeah. It's actually, like, built like, you know, a ship. Yes. Um, uh, Yeah. Like, you you figure a spaceship would be. Like, there's no carpet on any of the spaceships we send up now. Why would we start putting carpet on there? They're not putting carpet in any new homes. Carpet sucks.
2: Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I mean, you know, but carpet was big in
0: 1987. Yeah, like, do do (laughs) their footsies get cold on the bridge? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, make a heated floor. Like, yeah, like, and also, some something I think. Oh, they don't want out,
2: people to slip and fall. Maybe yeah, that's so why. something
0: I think I pointed out while we were watching. But they're they like have magnet boots, basically. Like the art. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, like they're they're tethered to the ground by an artificial gravity. They're like yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so. I forgot what I was talking about, but I, I had a point somewhere, but I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Fucking carpet's dumb. Don't buy carpet. No. Yeah. Get it. rid of it. No, hate it. So um, Wesley tells Picard that he thinks he should find something to dry himself up with and clean up the water on the ground. Uh, and the and Picard says, sounds like a good idea. Very, like, very forcefully. It's really weird. He's, mm-hmm. He says it like almost angrily. Yeah. Uh, which, it makes sense why he's off-putting to children, because, like, everything he says sounds like he's yelling. hmm Yeah. It's, like, it's a little too harsh. Um, yeah. Wild. Um, <clears throat> uh, down on Deneb 4, Riker leads an away team to explore more of Farpoint Station with Yar, LaForge, Data, and Troy. They go underground into tunnels where Troy uh, again senses great despair and pain. And she has another one of these like minute long breakdowns where she's like, pain, pain, despair. And then she's fake crying and shit. It's bad. It's like yeah. really bad. I don't like how emotionally rot she is this entire episode. Honestly, for this episode and this one episode only, for some reason, Troy is fucking Michael Burnham. And she's yeah. going through like thirty different emotions and like crying the entire time and like yelling and whispering and I'm like, dude,
2: I am glad they dropped her also feeling the emotions she's sensing yeah. because that would have been awful.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I, I would like to have them not to have traded out the scant, but yeah, you know, scant can stay. Scant can definitely stay. Mm-hmm. I want, I want, I want them upskirt, baby. <laughs> she's sitting right there, um, but yeah, eh, whatever. Wouldn't it be great if she kept the scan, but she still, like, approached chairs like Riker? So we just got, <laughs> just, like, got to see her pussy every episode. Or- yeah, she's just letting it hang. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. she does come from a culture where it's, it's normal to be
2: nude. Like, just all beta-zoid. the time.
0: We love Betazoid.
2: Yeah, we never got to see uh, the Betazoid wedding between, um, between oh, uh, uh, her and Riker. That would have been so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But they got also got married, like, you know, when they're both what when they're fifties, or late forties, yeah, yeah, they they probably like both actors are like no, they probably wonder if they tried to like suggest a scene in generations like you know what if we have a little like <laughs> like a like a one little clip of uh um of the Betazoid wedding yes. do you think do you think like when record do you think like Picard would go to that and 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 uh, adhere to the Betazoid custom of being completely nude.
0: Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel oh like yeah, you know what he probably would. Picard is comfortable nude. I think. Yeah, he's he's nude a couple times in the series. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean he's on you know four lights.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> um, yeah, yeah just, I think he's fine. With, I don't think he's ashamed of his body. He's like fine with being bald and shit. Yeah, that's like, true. You know, if you can accept being bald, I'm sure you can accept other yeah. things.
2: about Yeah, that, yeah, that was one thing. Like when people wanted to, they wanted to put a um a hairpiece on on um. On Patrick Stewart. And yeah, and
0: I mean, they they did a bunch of the test footage and you can see there's pictures online of him wearing it and it's funny. Yeah,
2: but Gene Rodberry did say, like, this is the future where people just accept being yeah, bald. People yeah. don't care.
0: And they that, that care. was his point. It's like, Like the fans were like, you know, why, why is someone bald in the future? They should have fixed that by then, right? Not something to fix. Yeah, Gene Roddenberry is like, yeah, it's not like a disability or anything. It's not something you need to fix. Like Mm -hmm. it's not a disease.
2: Yeah, it's it's something (laughs)
0: that people have anxiety about because Mm -hmm. of cultural norms. That's it. Yeah, it's stupid. Mm -hmm. Like hair is a social construct. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, in Sick Bay, Wesley asks uh, his mother, Doctor Crusher, to let him see the bridge. Crusher hasn't met Picard yet since her husband died and uh, is like, uh, I don't want to piss off the captain. Kids aren't allowed on the bridge. No. And Wesley keeps on bothering her. He's wearing a stupid ass Cosby sweater. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like this weird, like really thick cable knit kind of sweater that looks like super eighties. Yeah. it's very dated. Um, but he keeps on bothering his mom and mm-hmm. he's persistent. Doesn't take no for an answer because he doesn't understand consent. And so she eventually is like fine. I'll see what I can do. So um so the two of them take the turbo lift up to the bridge and Crusher enters the bridge. Picard immediately sees uh um Wesley Crusher still on the turbo lift and says, "What the hell is he doing here?" <laughs> uh, or 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 like, "Get the hell off the bridge." Yeah.
2: It's amazing. It's awesome. It's so funny. And that's the proper reaction you should have to Will Eaton. Yep, exactly. Or Wesley Crusher. Mm-hmm. Both.
0: <laughs> Get the hell off my trek. Uh, <laughs> taken aback, Picard lets uh, Wesley onto the bridge eventually, though suddenly an unexpected ship appears. Oh, fuck. And, um, and they've got a perimeter thing. Like Picard's like, don't touch anything. And Wesley's like, oh, this is so cool. And then Picard he has this terrible POV shot where it's showing Wesley's point of view. And he's looking around the bridge. And then Picard shows him the captain's chair. He's like, try it out. Yeah. And fucking Wesley sits down and is like, that, this is what this is. And then he immediately starts touching the console. And Picard's like, get out! Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, what the fuck did I just tell you? What the hell? I can't follow basic instruction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like... And, like, he rushedly says, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have touched anything, and leaves. Mm. So,
2: I mean, I will say, like, I do like later kind of Picard-Wesley episodes because Wesley is a good foil Mm -hmm. for Picard because... He yeah. is like the most annoying child mm-hmm. you could possibly have. I, I
0: don't hate all Wesley episodes. Yeah. There's good ones, there's bad ones. Yeah. Like I don't love the character of Wesley, but yeah, he's he's mm-hmm. used properly as a writing foil in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. And he's a good character to have in certain situations to like kind of show like, I don't know, growth, uh coming of age type stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, like you know, that like competence can be in places where you least expect it. Because yeah. I don't expect him to be competent at all.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. I do feel like maybe he was intended to be sort of like. Because I'm not sure if they were like, like directing this towards like an, also a younger audience in so a way. So that,
0: that's exactly what it was. I, yeah. I watched a bunch of behind the scenes thing while writing this, and um, yeah, so they they cast Will Beaton specifically, and you know, um, fucking. Wesley Crusher as a character. They wrote Mm -hmm. him as a character in order to try to attract a younger audience because at this point, be
2: like the stand in for the kids. Like, you know, if they were on that.
0: Right. Cause at this point in time, uh, you know, Star Trek TOS had been off the air for like nine or 18 years. Uh, you know, and like the movies were coming out, but they were very adult themed. Mm -hmm. And so, except for maybe like four, none of them are really that, accessible to kids yeah like i remember really liking four as a kid but not liking any uh, four and two Mm -hmm. you know two was two was a fun action film i got that but like when i was a kid i hated three yeah i don't even remember watching one i'm i remember watching
2: three a lot but yeah i was like i hated it yeah it's
0: it's like it was just like it's like it's the boring star trek movie and Mm -hmm. it's still to this day it's uh, uh we ranked them i think it's my second least favorite one yeah um yeah, it just sucks. Yeah, it stinks. And it's weird that, uh, to me, that it's like seen as like one of the big three TOS films. Like uh, two, three, and four seen as like the trilogy of that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I prefer two, four, and five. Yeah, like I fucking love *Cyborg*. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, fucking. William Shatner is a shit director, but mm-hmm. well, there were some cool ideas in five. Yeah, six is pretty cool too. Yeah, although like they take a real hard turn on the weird racism shit. Or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Anyway, back to back to the the episode. We're past two hours now. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, holy shit. We haven't even gotten to the Klingon word. We're uh, I think uh, I'm going to call it right now. We're skipping Klingon word. We're gonna skip all the other segments. We don't even need red shirt. After we're done with this, we're just gonna call the end of the episode. Okay? <laughs> I don't even care anymore.
2: Oh yeah, we're both we're both slowly like falling apart. We're bones, McCoying. Yes, we are definitely.
0: <laughs> I, I I mean I am wearing a cardigan uniform right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you're wearing at least three cock rings.
2: It's three at least three cock rings, and I'm uh, addicted to cocaine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bones McCoy. Baby. <laughs> Bones, Mc- Bones McCoy. Uh, so uh, down on, uh, so Zorn insists he does not know the ship or expect one coming. Uh, the ship scans the enterprise and begins attacking the surface of Deneb 4, though it targets only the old Bandy city, uh, which is Zorn's people, uh, rather than Farpoint Station. On the surface, the away team loses communication and exits the tunnels into the city on hearing an attack. Riker orders Yar, Troy, and LaForge to beam back up to the ship and tells Data that he wants to survey the damage on the old city. And the old city is like some really dog shit models. Yeah. Like they look bad. The explosions look super fake. Like it's, it's just not good. Yeah, it looks like an old west set. It does. It very <laughs> much does. It like looks like an old west ghost town but yeah. like with laser explosions. I'm like, what is happening?
2: Yeah, and like yeah, I mean, we do get to see a little bit of like, you know, the, you know, the, we see the mall, you know, like the big, yeah. you know, nice place and it's just like it's weird like they yeah, have the bandy. But like yeah, why but would it, anyone still be in the bandy like out old town type shit?
0: Very true. Like yeah. they should all be living on far plane, but yeah. yeah. so whatever. So Troy protests uh, Riker staying, stating that Riker could get hurt, but he overrules her telling her she has her orders and to carry them out. Mm-hmm. And you, like sh- she just fucking gets wet. She's like, oh, daddy mode. Daddy mode. I like it when you tell me I have my orders. <laughs> um, so uh, she's like, yeah, okay, yes, definitely. I I actually have to go up to the ship to uh, uh yes. Um, yeah, and and mentally she's like, damn, Mzadi, yeah, she, <laughs> she, M- she's damn, Mzadi, yeah. She's getting out her tricorder <laughs> and like immediately fucking like uh, triggering her fucking vibrating butt plug and like, oh
1: god, yeah,
2: Mzadi, 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 pain, pain. <laughs> <laughs> what do you sense, Troy? Who's out there? Like, oh, um, uh, a being that we can't see. I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> I know where i like for it to come
0: into, though.
2: Oh, I'm feeling loneliness right now. <laughs>
0: wink, wink. Loneliness and a certain amount of moisture. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right, uh, So, and the three officers beam back up, and Riker and Data proceed into the old bandy city. The conspicuous target... Uh, sorry, the conspicuous targeted attack leads Picard to suggest that Zorn may have more information about the aliens in the alien ship than he's leading on mm-hmm. and orders Riker to seize him, uh, or actually asks Riker a great question. He's like, how would you feel about a clearly illegal uh, kidnapping? Mm-hmm. And Riker's like, sounds good with me, Cap, which yep. is like a great moment of like instant camaraderie between them. Yeah. Because Picard's like, how do you feel about in just a little bit to do things right, and also maybe like save humanity and
2: shit. Yeah, I, and and I think also it makes sense because at this point they're totally done with the Groppler's and shit. Yeah,
0: is he's, yeah. he's
2: being a little, at, he's being a little asshole. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is <laughs> this is a little means to an end. They're obviously breaking Starfleet protocol and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but for a very good reason. It's literally the fate of humanity. Yeah, that we know of. Q might be planning to like kill all humanity if they don't pass this trial
2: which is also like something that yeah like there's a scene showing like how like little like the two plots really infl- and, um, influence one another like mm-hmm. like you don't hear q until he appears yeah they don't ca- seem to min- like care about q until he appears
0: right it's like they're only consider like their only real consideration is for the stakes of this far point situation until q appears and then they're like Oh yes, we solved this because otherwise you were going to kill us.
2: Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, humanity is on trial, which is yeah. something that you think they would send. talk about
0: a and little I'll, bit or be like, "Yeah, like if we don't figure out what's happening on Farpoint, like we're doomed." Like they meant they kind of mentioned it once. Yeah, with the whole like we only have eleven hours and don't know what's. And happening.
2: Uh, yeah, like but yeah, like a, vo- a voiceover that's added, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 uh, post. That's very and ADR, it, yeah. and like um and and also it like. In, in the story, like it would be something that they would con- contact Starfleet command about.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, Very Oh, true. that's something else here. That's totally <laughs> weird is they don't tell Starfleet command. Any of this is happening. No, they they, they, they like Picard deliberately hides it from them. I think.
2: Yeah. You'd be like, Oh, by the way, uh, some, some, uh, being that we're unsure of its power mm-hmm. and, like, and, and we're, is, is holding us on trial for all of humanity.
0: And literally like they, during this entire ordeal, they could have gotten some kind of help from the USS Hood, which is right there. Oh, yeah. They don't and even talk mention to talk to him about which it. Which is captained by DeSoto, who yeah. is who has a great relationship with Picard, and Picard says it was the boss best boss I ever had. As uh, two people who have incredible mutual respect for each other. Like Yeah, and that's and like that, and, and know each other, and they don't even say hi to each other, but but fucking Picard is like he he gives a special farewell to them and then like tries to listen to the message back before Q interrupts again, which is crazy.
2: Yeah, and and also like Q doesn't say anything. Like you can't tell anyone, Picard. Mm-hmm. This is you. If you tell anyone, you die instantly.
0: But but there is one thing they do do go to the paper communications or whatever to avoid Q knowing their stuff which still doesn't make sense to me because Q's omniscient. Q doesn't need to get into a computer to know what you're thinking. Or exactly.
2: Yeah. He's,
0: he's like, Q can, Q can read that paper too. Yeah. He's not an idiot. He's yeah, omniscient.
2: Yeah. They don't even mention anything to DeSoto, like, or like try to send him any sort of like clandestine, like communication, like, by the way, we are being watched.
0: Yeah. Which is especially <laughs> weird because they're, they didn't electronically communicate anything to them. But, but they sent, had to. Though. they sent data there and back on a shuttle. Yeah. So data could have either transmitted the message through bones McCoy, or he could have actually gone physically onto the shuttle and told the Soto himself. <laughs> like there's, yeah, there's a lot of things here that were not considered or no. were and poorly written anyway.
2: Yeah. That, it, yeah. That's that, that, that God, what, a, what they, they really, they really screwed this up. Yeah, like thinking back on this, this is like this is really a shit episode. Just from like, just like, yeah, Gene Roddenberry's like conflicting story that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the Farpoint Station thing. And it,
0: it, it makes sense, like, given the amount of preparation they had, and like DC Fontana not wanting to write a two-hour script or really even an hour and a half script. Mm-hmm. Like, because the fucking studio and Paramount fucked them around so much on this, it makes sense why they're. <sighs> Could be a lot of missed opportunities and a lot of dropped balls here. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like you had. <laughs> drop those balls. Uh, yeah. I mean, eventually we get drop balls in Wesley Crusher once he fucking. Maybe not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure if he ever goes through puberty in the series. I really dropped the ball. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't even know if fucking Will Wheaton has gone through puberty yet in real life. He's 50 years old and he still has a beard that like an 11 year old Mexican kid could grow any day. <laughs> like it's, it's
2: yeah, and he also does look. That's a thing. That I think the curse of the child actor where they always look like they're they're basically like. Like twelve years old for the rest of their entire life, just I mean, like slightly more tired.
0: They they can. There's other people who like age really well out of that. Like you know, your Jimmy Smiths was kind of a child actor. Yeah, he like kind of looks different. Um, fucking
2: though, uh, um, Christian Bale. Have you ever seen Empire of the Sun? I love Christian Bale.
0: Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He looks like very similar. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, Empire S- of the same Sun. Same with Christian Slater. Christian yes. Slater looks the exact same. As, that's why I thought you were talking about it first. Cause I'm like, yeah, Christian Slater does look the exact same. Yeah. But Christian Bale does as well.
2: Yeah. And Christian, and Empire of the Sun, like, it just, it, like, I, I saw Empire this on after seeing other mm-hmm. Christian Bale movies. I didn't really know he was such a he was a child actor first.
0: Well, he was in Newsies too, wasn't? Yeah, he? Was a, yeah, he's. I never seen Newsies. Newsies sucks. But <laughs> it's, like, it's but it is
2: weird, like seeing it, and it just looks like someone just took cut off Christian Bale's head and put it on a child's body.
0: It's like that movie Aline I was showing <laughs> yeah. you, where they just like fucking take a forty year old woman's face and put it on a child's body. Yeah, and you're just like, what? <laughs> what in the fuck? Yeah, it's it's oh, man. Yeah, that
2: that is that is terrifying.
0: Yeah, it's like, like that. That is more terrifying than any horror movie I've seen all year. Like when I first saw that, I was like, ah, yeah, I was like aghast. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's sort of
2: it's it's sort of like that. What what's what's that? Um, that uh, horror series with um the the little girl that has like the thing around
0: her neck, Annabelle, maybe
2: or no, Annabelle's the puppet. There's I don't,
0: I don't fucking I don't I don't follow like is it modern horror?
2: Yeah, it's a modern or... horror. It's like about about a girl who's actually like. 60 years old, but she looks like a child and she kills people. I don't, I don't that. know, but it's, it, it is something like that where it's just like, just like uncanny Valley, weird shit. Like yeah. it's terrifying.
0: Indeed. So, um, after he confirms with Troy that attacking the ship will not violate the prime directive, uh, in orders, the phasers prepared, Q appears mocking Picard by telling him that savage humans never seem to follow even their own rules. Q says he expected force from Picard when the motives of the ship should be clear. Picard orders the Enterprise in between the ship and the planet, but Worf says his helm control has been lost. Mm. In the bandy city uh, that's still under attack, Riker and Data find Zorn, who is now uh, cowering under his desk going, No, 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 (laughs) no, please, no, no. Um, who is now willing to explain. However, uh, right as he's about to be reprimanded, he's transported out of his office while he screams in horror.
2: Yeah. It, which is it, pretty sick. I kind of, it like does that. seem like he is just dissolved and gets killed at that point. Yeah. yeah I, thought,
0: I, I at first I'm like, is he dead? Cause I didn't really remember the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's Pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's,
2: it's, it was like a, the most painful transport that's ever happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, in Riker, then like, uh, calls, uh, hits his com badge and goes uh, first officer we've lost Zorn <laughs> yeah. which is actually I really like that how like vague they are about stuff mm-hmm. at the same time why is he contacting Enterprise electronically they weren't supposed to be doing that right oh I mean, but they've been doing that they like, have
2: been doing that the entire time yeah
0: it's almost like these are two separate episodes. <laughs> yeah, these
2: are, yeah. These are two, uh, two episodes that are just been sewn together like a Frankenstein. Yes. And they don't, but it's like, if you made a Frankenstein out of two very conflicting body types,
0: I, I, <laughs> I'd actually say this is more like, uh, sewing back on foreskin. That's not yours. Oh yeah. 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 You not your skin, not my skin, <laughs> not your skin. Not your skin. <laughs> <laughs> that foreskin's not your skin. Yep. Put it back where it belongs. That's
2: exactly it. Like, yeah, the other one's like a little too, little too wide, a little too loose.
0: (laughs) This one's too big. This one's too small. But the baby bear's foreskin was just just right. (laughs) Fits like a
1: glove.
2: But yeah, it's just, it's just like what? It fits like a glove. Talking about, I know. Talking about transporting Frankenstein's foreskin.
0: (laughs) We were. We're appropriating the th- the three bears story <laughs> to, to be a Frankenstein ab- to be about transporting really, to, be, to be about transporting <laughs> foreskin onto your penis a foreign foreskin
2: a foreign foreskin oh a foreign foreskin a foreign, a foreign foreskin a foreign skin a four oh yeah
0: <laughs> that sounds like something you'd get like after you paid a bunch of money on on Call of Duty or something
2: no yeah That's I got the, the foreign- I got the foreign skin I got
0: the foreign foreskin yeah hell yeah <laughs>
2: um. But yeah, yeah, no, like it is. It is amazing that like there seemed to be no script supervisor or anything, or or anybody making any sort of like Good
0: like decisions.
2: Did any decision to wrap this up, like like editing, didn't really f- help this at all. Like no. no, like some editor, someone sat, you know, director and editor probably sat down Dude, and I, were just like, I feel so going,
0: bad for the editor on this because like I can't imagine how much tape they had and like how many scenes they had to cut. They made they made this episode make even less sense yeah like i'm I'm sure they were like they like cut down a ton of like anti-continuity stuff and then like they were still like well i mean i guess we got it to 90 minutes yeah it's not a good 90 minutes but it does meet the runtime that paramount wants they just gave
2: that editor like a pot of coffee pack of cigarettes a bong. Then, a bong, Ho- hopefully. And then, like, a gun in a glass case to break in <laughs> the case of emergency. <laughs> and they, they're like, give me the damn gun! And then, like, someone had to fight him from from
0: him, <laughs> getting the gun. Or just, there, there's a noose, like, and there's a ladder <laughs> under it that's just, like, slightly too short to ever reach the noose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He climbs the ladder every day and reaches. No! 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 <laughs> <laughs> um. And then on the last day, his arm starts to reach like fucking Michael Jordan in <laughs> a space jam. And he finally,
1: finally gets the news.
0: Like, Thank
1: God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Not another one. Give me the, find me the shortest <laughs> editor we have.
0: So, um, in the band, you no. Know, uh, so Riker and the away team, uh, No, 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 no. Riker and Data return to the Enterprise after Zorn is abducted. Q goads Picard into ordering an away team onto the vessel, which Picard resists, but Riker volunteers for, uh, independent of Q's mocking. And Q is impressed. Mm -hmm. This is the moment Q realizes he also wants to suck Riker's dick. And he says, you show promise, which means I want to see your
2: dick. You know, and that's the thing. Like Hugh can just like snap his fingers, and like every time stops.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He could just be like, "Well, time for a little taste." <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then like does it, and then like snaps it back, and like you know, in in Riker's like, "What the fuck? Why did I?" <laughs> it's
0: like, why am I covered in semen all of a sudden? Yeah, what? Like, the... What? I mean, I, I I get the dry stuff, but why is all this wet semen? On? <laughs> Did someone rehydrate my uniform? Well, all right. <laughs> I'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Picard, uh, mm, mm, mm. Riker and the away team beam over to the entity slash ship and see that its corridors are exactly the same as the underground tunnels on Deneb 4. They find Zorn suspended in mid-air, being tortured by some electronic force, mm-hmm. like a ghost. Uh, Riker and Data fire their phasers and free him, but then, suddenly, the ship pulses. Picard attempts to beam the away team back from the entity, but is unsuccessful. Q returns, now wearing the uniform of a Starfleet captain, and informs him that the time of the test has expired. Picard uh, asks Q to let him rescue his people, even to the point of promising to do whatever he says if he does so. And Q's like...
2: Everything
0: mon copy time,
2: <laughs> then snaps his fingers. Time stops <laughs> <laughs> again, again, eleventh time this
0: episode. He's <laughs> like, I just can't get enough of mon copy. Come,
2: my thirst is insatiable. Picard. card, <laughs> dick card, dick card. Um, maybe there is a reason why he calls him pea card. He just gets like, oh, yeah, he during, just drinks his pee while he yeah, pauses during, time. during these frozen moments. He just like gets pissed on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, P-Card. I'm your little piss pig.
0: Like, one, one moment, Picard's like, oh, I really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and then, like, Q snaps his fingers, and a moment later, Picard's like, Huh. huh. Well, my bladder feels empty. You know, you that, you've,
2: you've ever had that? That does happen. Like, sometimes I'm like, I've no. had to pee, and then, like, it's only the, the feeling
0: leaves. No, I have that with poo. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I can, like, suppress my poo long enough to where I just don't have to poo till the next day, which mm. is weird. But pee, no. No, for me, when my bladder's full, it's like, yeah, you're going to go pee now. <laughs> you're going to pee right now, motherfucker. Like I'm like
2: motherfucking piss.
0: No, no, I'm doing something. It's like, well, Will, if you don't, you go piss your pants. No, no, no.
2: no. You were doing something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like,
0: well, are you wearing a kilt? I didn't
2: think so. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come here. I'm going to come back from next week, and you're going to be wearing a kilt, And you're like, yeah. I'm like, Ugh. He gave in.
0: I mean, I, I, I've i got several skirts. I love wearing skirts and dresses. No, I that, don't. Sh- that shit rules. Yeah. That shit rules, dog. That shit rules. Hell yeah. So, um, um, eh. soon the captain realizes the truth. The bandy have been captured by an alien life form, a space vessel life form, and have constructed Farpoint Station and its goods by feeding off of its uh, its power, because they mentioned uh, it previously in the episode that the bandy have lots of geothermal power, mm-hmm. which is a cool thing to mention. Like geothermal power is something that we on earth should be paying a lot more attention to. Uh, I know they have a really good program down at University of Oregon mm-hmm. uh, for geothermals and they're figuring out a lot of cool stuff. But like geothermal energy, besides like uh, hydraulic wave energy, is literally like the most um like it's one of the most efficient energy resources and like it's mm. completely renewable because mm-hmm. it's basically like you know the inner workings of the earth, geothermals, like the earth gets really hot when you go down and if you put something a turbine near something really hot, it generates electricity. Yeah. so oh, is it doing like a steam type thing? yeah, 100 percent yeah, you yeah. Ju- you just get steam by you know basically, Going down to where it's fucking hot enough to where like all the air down there is steam, mm-hmm. and you know it's yeah, it's like nuclear power, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's not quite like nuclear power, but it, it is yeah. completely a regenerative source. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is in a way nuclear. It, it's the yeah, it's all yeah. steam,
2: steam, yeah, just heating up steam.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, basically all turbine systems are that are not rushing water are steam in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heat, yeah. heat, steam. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we should do more ge- geothermal. Why the fuck not? Oh, because oil companies run the run the oh, entire right, world. Right. Yeah, the <laughs> entire world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
0: no, you know, natural gas companies. Also natural gas
2: companies. companies. Like, yeah, they're, like, they're in half, there.
0: Half of America is powered by natural gas. Mm-hmm. So we're Washington. Interestingly enough, is only one of I think five states in uh, the entire United States whose primary energy resource is renewable. Mm. We have hydroelectric here, primary, yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, but like, if you look at like basically all of the South, all of the East Coast, all of the Midwest, it is all natural gas. Yeah, and that is something we need to divest from because mm-hmm. natural gas is fucking bad for our environment. Yeah, it's 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 bad for everybody, and also just like giving money to the hands of energy companies is just a fucking bad idea. They've mm-hmm. they've squandered the wealth. They have extracted material resources from all of the earth. They have destroyed our fucking earth all in the name of unlimited growth and it fucking sucks.
2: Yeah. You kind of wondered like how much, like how much energy has been suppressed, like renewable energies have been suppressed. Like there's probably like such like technology that we're not even aware of mm-hmm. and <laughs> then harness these things. And it's just like, that yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. Like, uh, I think I've actually mentioned it on this podcast before, but I would highly recommend the documentary who killed the electric car from mm-hmm. the early two thousands. Yeah. Like it, it makes very clear that like, car companies have been trying to make electric cars for a while. Fucking uh, Ford produced its first like all electric car that they were planning to put into production in like 2001. Mm. Mel Gibson owned one. Damn. And like Ford, the oil companies paid Ford to suppress it so much that they literally had someone repossess the car from Mel Gibson. They like, Basically went and stole it from his driveway. Which is wow. crazy. That is insane. Which is crazy
2: to me. Yeah, that's fucked up. hmm Mel Gibson's like, that's it. I'm becoming anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah, he's
0: like, <laughs> I know who kills the electric car. The Jews. Yeah. That's, that's that
2: that and that that's what that's what triggered this. Yeah, like that's what I'm, I'm sending him over the edge, yeah. I'm guessing like Kanye probably had something similar. Uh-huh. Yeah. What did they take from Kanye? Just
0: uh <laughs> Now we have the two and then he's like well I don't
2: know who to blame but I'm gonna blame the
0: Jews oh, he, he probably had a nuclear car that they took away yeah You're like no <laughs> um so excuse me all right here we go so god damn it uh, the bandy have constructed far point station and its goods by feeding off of the creature's power feeding it just enough energy uh, that it needs to stay alive. So it can morph into any shape or object that Farpoint wants, which is a really cool idea. And I almost wish they would have like explored this more or brought these aliens back. Yeah, like these weird little jellyfish guys, yeah. like like things that have like enough power and like that they can make things manifest by thought. Yeah, which is a really interesting idea.
2: And they can have like an an internal system that's spaceship that's a spaceship that can be that can sustain. Um, carbon-based life forms mm-hmm. and then they and they also have the ability to manifest like um things out of thin air like they're their own fucking replicator right and it's a and like we don't really like their powers almost seem like magic
0: they almost seem like magic but also at the same time they they feel like a lot of like the advanced things that starfleet has but made i mean basically made manifest into evolution of a creature so yeah. like all of the technologies that Starfleet relies on to travel through space and all of their spaceship technologies inculcated into one creature. Yeah. Which is a really fucking cool idea. Yeah. Honestly, I really like it. Yeah. We never
2: see these little guys again. They just like, yeah.
0: I mean, we see space whales and stuff like that. They're, they're like, for lack of a better term like bio ships. Yeah. In some form mm-hmm. in, in a lot of Trek. And we like that. And yeah. you know, I like how Voyager took a step towards having like bio ships and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and you see bio ships in like uh, what Farscape and uh, Discovery Lex. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lexapro? This, Lexapro. Yeah.
0: Um, What's that? what's Lexapro for? I don't a, even know. Depression or
2: something? Or? Probably. Giving your, or, or causing
0: depression. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's boners or depression. That's yeah. all that's all the medication we have mm-hmm. anymore since we finally put the kibosh on <laughs> fucking opioids.
2: Mm-hmm. So, or having any sort of like me- me- medical um medical system that actually solves people's diseases. <laughs> In a way that's cheap and No, that
0: would be too Cuban. Yeah. Once, yeah. <laughs> um so the ship in space, uh, fucking Picard surmises, is not actually a ship, but rather the alien life forms' mate. Mm. Picard assists the captured alien by using the Enterprise's phasers to deliver an energy beam to the entity, allowing it to break free of its bonds and gain enough energy to f- uh, raise from the surface and flow back into space. Thus solving the mystery, much to Q's dismay. And Q says, perhaps I made the puzzle too easy for you. He then retreats, although he hints that it won't be the last time the crew see him. That's always fun. Yeah. I'll be back. So now we get a captain's log. Captain's log, date 41174.2. The agreement for the rebuilding of Farpoint Station has been completed per my instructions. Mm. Which is like, you're still building it on this planet. Why are you trusting the bandy people when they have made it clear that they are, you know, like liars or at least their leader was, um, I think, yeah, I mean, they're not holding against them.
2: Like, okay, well you enslaved this like other creature.
0: Also, also their like entire civilization has been destroyed.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and this, and uh, they have lots of geothermal power, but like, it doesn't seem like they have much else. Like, like no, resource does, wise, yeah, that
0: doesn't seem to have helped their planet at all. Like, yeah, that's and are still living in a ghost town from the fucking wild Which West. makes me
2: wonder, like, how do they how do they become warp capable? Was it just because of the jellyfish?
0: Maybe it doesn't explain that at all. I'm I'm gonna guess so. Yeah, because they don't seem oh. like
2: they're they're they're
0: uh, they're post they're post warp. Yeah, and they don't ever. I mean, we don't see any of their spaceships or anything. Yeah, they, they, they still s- live in adobo huts. So. And they
2: and they say like they they don't like leaving the sh- leaving the planet. Right, right, exactly. So like, I'm wondering if like yeah, like their entire. But,
0: but I mean, he said they don't like leaving the planet as a deflection because mm. uh, they asked for some of his engineers. Oh yeah, for res like uh, knowledge resource, and he was like, <laughs> oh, they don't like leaving the planet. But we now know that there were no engineers. It was just like you know probably Zorn and maybe some other people thinking yeah. the shit up. Yeah, that's why it makes me think.
2: Like all of their technological advancements may have just been like them enslaving this this um this jellyfish, right? So they they were at that
0: point, yeah. They the the Federation they have an obligation to just break off contact,
2: right? Yeah, but I guess at at that point it's too late because the jellyfish had already given them contact, and
0: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah. So who knows? But it'd have been something that would have been nice to revisit at some point, like perhaps bring
0: back Goppler Zorn, has a cool ass name. But you know what? They have contemporary series. They could totally do it in. Yeah, yeah. like they could do it in Lower Decks. Uh, they could do it in, um, Picard, I guess. <laughs> or um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they could do it in Prodigy. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? But um, so with the far point mission completed, the crew settles in. Picard asks Riker if he has a problem. Riker replies that he wonders if all their missions will be like their first. Picard assures him he doesn't think so. They should be much more interesting. <laughs> Which was a fun line. I
2: like that. Yeah, because like especially the insanity that he's just dealt with in mm-hmm. the last like forty-eight hours. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a, it's
0: a nice moment of levity in an episode with very little of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think. I'm pretty sure the Bones McCoy thing was supposed to be levity, but I was more like, "What the fuck are they doing?" This
2: is—it's too weird. It it was so weird and too shoehorned in Mm -hmm. for and and completely unnecessary for Mm -hmm. the for the thing. Yeah, it it just seemed like yeah, just Gene Roddenberry being like, "You know what? We need, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we need, we need, we need someone from the original track
0: to come in." I accidentally totally skipped it in my notes, but like everyone on board wants to fuck Riker. Like, he's, he gets fuck-me-eyes from, like, at least, like, three or four different people this oh, yeah. episode, including Wesley Crusher, which I don't feel comfortable with.
2: And he probably does, like, act on a lot of those. Hopefully not Wesley Crusher. Hopefully not Wesley Crusher. Please, God, no. Yeah, no, no. Please, God.
0: No. Please, I pray to you.
2: <laughs> I don't even believe in
0: you, but please, God. No. He waited until um, he was 18. Okay. <laughs> so, Picard then orders uh, Lieutenant LaForge to set a course, saying... Let's see what's out there. Engage. End of episode. Da, 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 da. Uh, I really liked the final line of the episode. What do you think of the episode overall? I mean, it
2: was confusing. It was a little like, rough. A little like rough. uh yeah, I mean, it's not a good marriage between uh two, two uh two plots. No. And it seems like if, if it was if um if they were really I mean, you kind of, I mean, you do see that, you know, with you know, just like you know, some shoddy, some shoddy, uh, shit happen occasionally, especially in this first season, and then mm-hmm. also like, and then which, which doesn't make any sense. Like the first TNG movie generations, it's like that's also just like a clusterfuck. Yeah, and um, and it's just like how, like I feel like there should have been, you know. Like you know, Gene Roddenberry, you know, especially with his first, uh, he was still alive for the for the first thing, mm-hmm. and you know he had so much experience with TOS, like in the movie, in some of the movies and stuff like that. It's just
0: like he really didn't have much experience with the movies. He was no. cut out of the majority of the movies.
2: Yeah, but, but he knows he knows what to do, and this is it just seems like like someone was asleep at the wheel, like mm-hmm. on multiple on on multiple levels, with like you know with with writing, editing, directing, and it just. Yeah. It just. And
0: I think a lot of that can be explained with like the confusion from the studio. Like mm -hmm. Paramount demanded a lot of different things that were very confusing. Like, if you look at the Memory Alpha production notes of this, it is long. Mm -hmm. Like, we could do literally just an episode about the making of Encounter at Farpoint, Mm -hmm. and it would be as long as this goddamn episode. Yeah. Like, there's so much to talk about. There's so many ins and outs. Like, and like, even like with the next generation, it's hard to not talk about like uh the first planned star trek sequel uh which was supposed to have like the guy who played um uh cap uh the f- first cap- decker yeah decker and uh also what's her face the bald lady yeah um, i'm losing it the delta yeah, yeah yeah the fucking you know it was supposed to basically be like a bunch of the cast from the motion picture but then that got scrapped in lieu of actually making the motion picture because star wars was such a resounding success the year prior
2: yeah so whatever but yeah, I mean, which is, you know, in hindsight, a good thing. Cause like, you know.
0: Yeah, like, because then maybe, cause it, Captain Decker, not very charismatic.
2: Child predator in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and then not um, so. And, also, and uh, I mean, he, I mean, he was, did go on to be, yeah, the the dad on Seventh Heaven, which mm-hmm. I've never watched, but I know people love that show.
0: I, mean, I, I remember vaguely watching it when I was like, 10 or 12. Yeah. I think I tried to masturbate to it once, but there was like way too many like old dudes and like Christian messages and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't masturbate to like the two hot girls on this program. Cause they're only on screen for like half this episode.
2: Yeah. I don't even, I don't even, re- I, I don't even know the cast. I think, um, what's her face? Uh, the, mo- the woman who's played the mother on that, I guess, I think she was something I can't remember right now. It was my brain's jelly, but, um, uh, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like, I'm, yeah, it is good that that plan was scrapped, but, uh, and we did get TNG eventually. It's just, like, it's, I'm glad, like, in, you know, you do see with, like, you know, the cast talking about the first season, how, like, no one thought it was going to be successful. Yeah, and,
0: and a lot of people just didn't want to be there. Like, they felt mm-hmm. uncomfortable on set. Like, the relationships weren't formed yet. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of the actors were very standoffish with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene Roddenberry was a fucking dickhead, as was yeah. his lawyer. Like. Yeah, they were like in disarray for the most part until like the middle of season 2 basically.
2: Yeah, I could see like them like premiering like watching this episode or like filming this episode mm-hmm. and just like how like what a fucking clusterfuck it is and not inspiring confidence in them that this is going to be a project no. that lasts like 7 seasons as it did. Right. Especially then, like
0: it's a, deb- a debut for something. Like and this is right around the time, you know, of like Star Trek 5 I mean, this, this came out like a year after Star Trek five, I think. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, they had just fucked up big telling a mess of a story that they couldn't tell completely because of competing creative visions from the director, the producers and the studio. Yeah, And so like, you know, there was just a too many cook situation and they did the exact same thing here. Yes. And they're like, DC Fontana, write this. Uh, And then they don't give the right length and then they want it longer and then they want it shorter. And then Gene Roddenberry comes in and writes half the thing and it's just all shoehorned in. And it's a fucking, it's a, it's a mess of an episode. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's fine. I don't hate it. Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, it is watchable to a point, but there is like, yeah, just like, yeah. Long annoying scenes. Right.
0: It's, it's highly flawed and,
2: disjointed between the two kind of just like A plot and B plot like the like the A plot and B plot both have the same um, same level of stakes because mm-hmm. it just shows that they're both A plots yes.
0: and, and so I it's mean, like yeah they're they're literally supposed to be the same plot but they feel completely disjointed as yes though, as though they're facing two threats and not a related threat yeah um, yeah it, it I, I don't love the episode and straight up honestly this might be like if you consider this a two-parter, this might be the worst two-parter in all of Star Trek. (laughs) It is, yeah. Like, because, like, especially, like, DS9, Mm -hmm. every single two-parter they do, and I even stand by Emissary, Mm -hmm. every single two-parter they do is a fucking banger. Oh, yeah. Like, especially, like, the Dominion War ones. The Dominion War ones, where they're, like, two different titles, where it's not, like, a part one, part two, Mm -hmm. but it's obvious it's a continuing storyline, and they're like, last time on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the fucking bangers. Yes, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I like, yeah. It's like they were definitely. This has the sin of being like you know something completely brand new and like branching very, very uh you know off from TOS in yes. a very major way, mm-hmm. and so they were definitely trying a lot of new shit. And but I don't think they really like let it bake enough,
0: which to, is weird because they'd essentially been planning something like this, yeah, for. A decade yeah. at this point because I mean, they were planning Star Trek Phase 2 as far back as 1976 or mm-hmm. 77. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, this is 10 years after that. Yeah. It's like, it's, you didn't have the time to think up like good shit in a goddamn decade. And you know what? And, and Gene Roddenberry wasn't doing anything else. He no. was just sitting on his fucking royalty money.
2: And you know what? This may make sense, like why they did, you know, I. Yeah, why they did push Roddenberry out of a lot of the movies because, like, you know, his, obviously his influence fucked this
0: up. Yeah, and his his vision for movies is just not good. He doesn't have like mm-hmm. a good cinematic sense. And he legitimately, Gene Roddenberry was never good at telling stories longer than 45 minutes. Yeah. He, like, once you hit like a forty, the 50th minute, he's like, I, 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 he didn't know what to do.
2: Yeah, because, like, imagine if it was. If the, if the first episode was just the space jellyfish story.
0: That would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Or just Q. Yeah, or just Q. Like Q putting them on trial and having fucking like basically John DeLancey and fucking uh, Patrick Stewart act at each other. Mm-hmm. Because both of them are great actors. And if you have a well-written script where it's just showcasing the two of them and their fucking prow- acting prowess, like... That's compelling. I would watch that.
2: Actually, you know what? I would say Space Jellyfish first episode, Q mm-hmm. Trial episode, season finale. Because at that point, we would have yeah. like we would have like got to know the cast. Yep. Like everything would be and then we would have known where the cast stands mm-hmm. and where and like they and and then like we would and then like um but then the cast has to like, you know, spin like the last episode kind of not 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 fully like doing like a clip show type thing, but mm-hmm. also just like you know, just you know, Picard passionately arguing for humanity. And at that that point, we'd have had an idea of who Picard is as a character, True. and we know how know where know where he comes from. So True.
0: and how he like space lawyers everything. Space lawyers, yeah, love space lawyer. But although that would have been a, the third, if they did it as the finale, I think the third appearance of Q, because Q has a I think three episodes in the first season. Yeah, like two two or three. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so I mean, they would have had to have figured, refigured out how to reintroduce Q. But honestly, they could have introduced him like in any way. Like honestly, even Q Q who the episode where he introduces him to the Borg in the second season, like that would have been a fine introduction to Q. Yeah, uh, like they they would have had to modify it just slightly. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, it's it, the entrance there for him is very similar to here. Yeah. So I don't I don't see why they couldn't it. But whatever. Yeah, whatever. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yes. Uh, You know, fucking.
2: You can't go back in time and change it. Or can we? Yeah.
0: Whenever you have money to interest telling artists and technicians exactly how to do their job, things aren't going to end up good. Yes. The only way you get really good art is like trusting the artists who make it.
2: Yep. That's yeah, it. Respect the writer. Mm-hmm. Like uh, her original plan for the story, fucking respect it. Yeah. And it would have been like a good. Yeah, I mean, keep a lot, you know, and keep a lot of, like, the, you know, the other little shit, you know, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, just have it, like, introduce the characters, introduce the problem, because, like, yeah, I mean, like, look at Strange New Worlds, like, Mm -hmm. that seemed like a, just, like, a, like, a a normal, like, Star Trek plot, had a great opening.
0: And it it makes me wonder, in a way, like, how many masterpieces have been essentially buried under studio notes? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so fuck All of them. Every single (laughs) one. So, um, we are going to skip every other fucking thing we have, because we're past two and a half hours we're now.
2: Inter- we're entering the third hour.
0: Yeah. I mean, in, well, technically, we have been, uh, this is our, we're almost entering our eighth hour of recording us talking mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to go kill myself. Yeah, same. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to get in my car and drive off a bridge. Cool. Can I <laughs> Can I get a ride? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's <laughs> take the shortcut. <laughs> we. Wee, 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 and we're hitching a ride okay well uh with that captain's log oh uh before before that um where can we find you online if we want to bother you or stalk oh, you or anything?
2: yep atomic bomb at twitter and instagram oh
0: yeah and uh if you want to find me uh or uh, send me nudes or uh get dick pics from me or you know what how about Come video, sound on. I just, oh, what! I just cut a great one this week because, like, so so something that warmed my heart was, you know, I've been asking mostly in a joking way on here, like, uh, so so it's kind of been my test is at the end of the last episode uh, that we record every every week. Mm-hmm. I I put out the the open offer of uh, yeah, if you want to stalk me, say hello to me, ask for dick pics, I'll send you some fucking dick pics. Uh, if you hit me up on social media and ask for them. I, I started that out as kind of a joke, but like no one did it or like responded to the joke or anything or referenced it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, is anyone even really listening? Mm-hmm. So I just kept on saying it. I got to say this week, outpouring of fans oh asking man. to see my dick. Hell's yeah. That made me feel special. And what made me feel even more special? All the fans really loved it. They're a fan of my dick too. We oh, love that. Fuck yeah. We love that. That makes me feel special. Thanks folks.
2: And, you know, as I also added, like, if you want to DM me for pictures of my roommate's cat, mm-hmm. feel free. And also, oh. I'll put, I'll give you also a cat video sound on.
0: Oh, yeah. Give me <laughs> the meows, boy. <coughs> I want them purrs. <coughs> give me that purr video.
2: Oh, yeah. Especially, ooh, one cat. Oh, my God. He's so vocal. All he does oh, is- we love
0: that. He- I love a cat who yells. I was
2: I was making coffee at 6 a.m. this morning, co- uh, cooking a bagel. Mm-hmm. Cat fucking just comes up and starts screaming at me, Aww. and I'm just like, "Shut the fuck
0: up!"
1: And just, <laughs> like,
0: and it just, I say that to my cat all the time, but it's in love. I'm it's like, "In love? Shut up,
2: bitch! Yeah, like, just, let me go, let me sleep, you dumb idiot Just let me fucking eat, drink my coffee, you
0: motherfucker!" But, like then, you. but then I like give her treats and love her. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're allowed to curse at your cat. The cat doesn't understand. Its feelings aren't going to be hurt. You're allowed to just like, you know, release that modicum of, of energy, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, you know, it's not going to hurt your cat's feelings. That's a great thing to have a cat for is just every now and again, I'm like, tell him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You dumb, stupid bitch. And it just (laughs) looks at me confused. I'm like, I love you so much. And then I I pet it and love Mm -hmm. her. You know, Mm -hmm. I love that. So, um, but yeah. So Brit for dicks, me for cats. Right. And that's a Potomac bomb Mm -hmm. for, for, for a pat and soy Trek for me. Yep. Uh, or, you know, I've got other social medias. But, you know, yeah. if you're listening to this, why not just fucking hit me up on the thing you're listening to? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, open and it offer, come video sound on. <laughs> and remember cat, cat, cat video, cat, sound, cat on for, video for, sound on. Cat video sound on for the meows. For Pat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pat, uh, Pat for cat, Brit for Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for that. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Alright, so, uh, with that, Captain's Log, Supplemental, well, that's all. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well, travel safe And this Ferengi rule of acquisition number 22 says a wise man can hear profit in the wind. Mm.
2: Nice. well thanks for checking with the soy boys, girls and otherworldly beans.
0: Hang, Hang dong
2: and shocker. And shocker. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna boof that piss. I'm gonna put the piss in a bong. You to gonna... <laughs>